welcome to, I guess this is the next class, season two, special, part one That's of the right. Drunk Degrassi podcast. That's right, thank you. It's uh, In this one we will be recapping episodes one through five of season two, slash 16, slash 15B, I don't know, it's a very complicated seasonal um, order or whatever they're putting them in. So... Well, we're not really recapping so much as we're dissecting. We're having some thoughts and feelings. We're having a uh, an airing of feelings. That's right. This is a super chill diversity mixer where we're all just going to get together <laughs> and have a nice little chat about the things that transpired recently. This is it. This is like the ice cream social of podcast episodes in the Drunk Degrassi canon. So we're going to be looking at hashtag squad goals, hashtag turned up. Or turn it up. It, it changes wherever I see it. Uh, hashtag check your privilege. Hashtag buy me pizza. And hashtag throwback Thursday. Um, but before we get into it, I guess we want because you wanted to do a thing where we talked about like each hashtag's history. That's right. But we were partially <laughs> we were because it, it's alliteration, so it makes a great segment title. And uh, other than that, I'm just curious as to how they choose it and why and the relevance and the, uh, the place yeah. and culture. And I'm still unclear. I feel like even, um, yeah, I mean, we got we got squad goals. That's obvious. That's you know, you want you want your squad to be the goals that you see in life. Uh, you want turned up is drunk and ready to party. I imagine. I think right. I think that's well, how I've been using it. Yeah, turn. It's one of those things like uh, crunk would be the equivalent from our um, generation. I guess, uh, like yes. it's just popularized by Kesha in um, that, TikTok. That's right. Yeah, she created the term "crunk," lest we forget. As far as I'm concerned, she did. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, that's very relevant, I guess. That like one white woman does it, and you're like, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, it's her thing now. Um, very <laughs> yes, intentional. <laughs> that was very intentional as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's that sort of thing where Speaking it's like of... could be drunk, could just be energetic could be life of the party you know get turned up get a big and larger than life it's just one of those things where you know how to use it but you can't tell your mum what it means <laughs> yes don't tell your mother um don't and then the mother. next one don't tell your mother uh so the next one is hashtag check your privilege then we've got hashtag buy me pizza the most confusing elusive hashtag yeah where was it a was it a hashtag before we seem to have stumbled across an internet phrase which is touch my butt and buy me pizza, which seems to be popular, oh, yeah. but no one will tell me where it came from. I've never heard it before. And, you know uh, what? It seems like a hashtag or a phrase ready, ready made for us, considering we are obsessed with bums and butts um, and occasionally indulge in pizza. Yeah, if buy me pizza was a reference to touch my butt, surely it should have been a more Shay heavy uh, episode. <laughs> Although, yeah, wasn't Lola boasting her about butt her butt? Pads away. Yeah. In the, in the first Lola season. was, yes, in the bump. She was talking about how Tiny likes big butts. And uh, thank God it's the butt generation, she thinks. And then she sashays away like she's got a giant bum that she's swaying around. She needs to fill with pizza to keep looking, <laughs> <laughs> looking its best. She's one of those lucky girls whose metabolism keeps her tightened from everywhere, but <laughs> she's got a giant pizza-filled ass. Yeah, she's like, oh, I, I should eat this. I should eat this pizza. It's going to go straight to my bum in a good way. Oh, she's the Kim K of uh, the Degrassi High School. I never noticed Lola's butt, though, I will say. I've always seen her more as a hair 
person that's her identifier yeah that's definitely a thing like um a, a friendly cameo from an old friend from the past uh even mentions how he likes her hair so it's obviously that's her thing as if it couldn't be it's bright pink like candy for us <laughs> That's true. Marco didn't say, I like your butt. It's huge. <laughs> and when they're doing the gossip app, it's not like, I hear a certain big butted girl. <laughs> it's no, it's Candy Frost girl. So we, we know that's her thing, definitely. And then the last one is hashtag throwback Thursday, which, you know, huge on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and anywhere else you might find a hashtag, I suppose. And yeah, that um, explains itself. But yeah, hashtag buy me pizza is apparently a thing that happened. I, I don't know if it was like a very minor hashtag or what. And I don't know why they picked that to be the, the thing of the episode. Like, I don't know if they saw the hashtag and then built the plot around it. You have to imagine they did because it's like the least relevant part of that story. And it's not like, oh, I know we didn't talk about it much, but it's such a famous hashtag. We have to use that one. But it's, it's, <laughs> neither of the things are particularly you know popular. Neither a big. No, I no, neither a big. And I have never I haven't really heard of women or girls, I suppose this might be a teenage thing using Tinder or Tinder. Which, uh, <laughs> which is as, not as the grassy names go, not that bad. No, but it still feels very weird coming out of my mouth. Specifically it's a hookup app for teens, I guess. It's Tinder version. for teens. Tween. Yeah. yeah. Oh no! <laughs> don't, don't make it. Don't make it younger. <laughs> so yeah, Tinder. I haven't heard of this before in Degrassi yet. So I'm assuming this is a new thing. Tinder. Yeah, but apparently not. It's newly mentioned, but they all seem to have history. Like Frankie apparently had it before she was with Jonah. So as of at, like last year at the earliest, last yeah, whenever. When does the season one take place? Different school year, same school year. This one, I, I think, is the same school year, different term. Okay. Because so... remember, when we left Degrassi Next Class Season 1, they were just having their winter ball or the snowball or the winter fling or whatever, winter form, I don't know. And um, and then presumably they were on Christmas break and now they're back in the uh, spring term. Yeah, but wasn't um, Hunter suspended for a week? Did they specify that or am I confusing that with Tiny's week one suspension? No, you're right. You were suspended for a week for cyberbullying. That's right. Yeah. But... So, um, so it can't be a Christmas break because that would be longer than a week. Even over here, that's longer than a week, and Canadian holidays are longer than ours. Well, I mean, the timeline for this show is completely fucked up anyway. Like in in any respect. Yeah. At one point, um, someone mentions. Like I think Zig says, I I'm only sixteen. No, Tiny says to Zig, like you're sixteen years old. And it just, I was just yes. like, how long have you I been sixteen? Jarring. It's crazy. Like I know they must be considering the storylines they're getting, but um, he's been sixteen for a long old time now. Yeah, I feel like time time has been retconned into some sort of uh, time is a flat circle thing on Degrassi. You know, we'll still have these cast members. It'll start the end of maybe season four will be them graduating, and then uh, the first scene of like season five will be one character opens their eyes and it's like Maya again going vomp, and she's like, like Drake said in his great song, started from the bottom. What did he say? That's how the the first season started of Next Class. Oh right, yeah. I thought you were you were about to quote Drake yourself. I see. Um, yeah, it's it's so weird, and also because they have the reunion, 
But yeah. those characters existed on the show during the time shift and stuff. So how long are they supposed to have been gone from the school now? Because Mo gives an exact timeline. He says that he's been gone for two years now. Yeah. But I feel like another one says 10 years, maybe? But it's the thing. It has been a certain amount of time since they started and since they left. But there's been a time shift in that too, which has lost them or gained them a year, depending on how you look at it. It's very strange. I guess we could try and figure it out. Because like the first season um, <laughs> starts in 2001. But then they're still on the show and they're in college. So we can't do it from like when half of them left. I don't think we can figure it out, really. Yeah, this is how messed up the Degrassi timeline is. When they had the reunion and Spinner's walking along with a guy next to him, who I, at first I didn't recognize as Spinner because he has changed so much uh, physically. Yes, he has. He called him dad and I was like... Is that supposed to be Jack? There's no way. It's oh, yeah. Jack's an old man. This is where you need the woman from Titanic going, it's been 84 years. <laughs> yes, can someone just please say, like, just give a year, say it out loud. Like, Spinner be like, oh, yes, I started school in 2003 and I left in, I don't know, 2009. Snow <laughs> <laughs> nine, yeah, that 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 number we all know. I know it's very confusing, but uh, I guess should we we're gonna do like we did last time, and instead of doing full episode recaps, because eventually we will get down to that. Just give us eventually we're coming for next class. We're gunning for it. Um, we're gonna do it by character again. So we're gonna be all over the map here, but you know what? This is probably the best way to get into it and discuss it. Um. Do you have anyone you want to kick it off with? Um, I mean, the obvious thing for me to say would be my favourite character, Grumpy Short Shorts. But I don't think we should start with her on account of her. A, she's not grumpy in this season until... Well, I guess she become, they make her grumpy again. She starts off happy. But also... The, she was the, at the pinnacle, the pinnacle of the volleyball mountain and she got knocked down yeah, by her own hubris. Just the most difficult character to talk about on this. I kind of want to put her off because I'm I'm scared. Let's wait till to... we're all warmed. Let's wait till we're warmed up. You know, we'll have <laughs> I'm tra- who are the main ones in this book? We've got Frankie, Shay and Lola, but they're all kind of intertwined for a bit. We can't really talk about Goldie without talking about Frankie and the volleyball business. Um, we can talk Hunter for a bit. He has his own plot away from all that. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Hunter. Okay, let's get into it. We kind of ended our last special talking about him. We can start by talking about him. Um, yeah, what do you make of Hunter? I'm someone who... See, the thing is, unlike you, I've seen all 10 of these. And I came around to him at the end of the season. But I'm still not... At this point, I'm still not entirely like into him as a character. Yeah, but easy to sympathize with, I think. like I, I said this on the first season, how he's complicated. He's another one that was difficult to talk about because... He does such atrocious things, but you kind of, you get the sense of his background and his difficulties. And now we know for a fact he's been diagnosed with these mental health issues, which are totally, up until he gets um, in the psychiatric hold, out of his control. Like, how how can this kid know how to deal with these very intense feelings and imbalances and everything? So I I, I found him really interesting in this first five. interesting changes in his in his personality but in kind of a gradual realistic way already you can see him uh, in yeah. treatment 
And uh, I mean, I feel for him. It must be extremely difficult going through what he's going through. And I like the way they talk about the depression, how uh, it doesn't necessarily manifest its way in like the, the sort of more cliched way that you'd expect it to, that TV usually shows it. Oh, in. I really liked that as well, because uh, I see someone who had... <laughs> I dipped my toe in the depression pool when I was younger. Um, I think, I mean, I've I had a lot of anger problems. I think you referred to me as volatile at points. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so I kind of I kind of dig that. Not all not all depress like snowflakes. Depressions are different, and I was going to say magical, but no, <laughs> they're not magical. It's interesting that they're tackling it in that way. It's good because like they've done a lot of um, bipolar characters, haven't they, yeah. in the past? They've never really. I don't know if they've done just straight up depression. Um, not in a way that didn't manifest its way itself in a in like you know sadness, like more yeah. traditional uh, media depiction of depression. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. This version of it is is brand new, and he also has. Uh, let me get. I wrote down the diagnosis that he had. Uh, oh, he had oppositional defiance disorder. disorder. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, complicated stuff. And he's uh, how old is he? Fifteen. So, I guess <laughs> I've never I've never thought about the twins' age. How old is Frank? You love Frank. You know how old she is, right? I, I do. I'm I'm fairly certain that they're they're fifteen at this point. But as with yeah. all the grassy ages and times and years, who knows? I know, they could be 50, 5-0, yeah. we don't know. They could be 15 today and 13 tomorrow, depending on what they need to do to make the series work. <laughs> depending on what way the black hole swirls yeah. and who, it, summit, and who it, come, it sucks down next as a sacrifice to keep the time-space continuum in a constant state of flux. Ah, it's so, so tough to be a teen in Degrassi in all places. <laughs> It is tough to be a teen in Degrassi. And yeah, I think, uh, I mean, neither, I don't know about you. I'm, I've never been in a psychiatric hospital as a visitor, as a patient. I haven't. Uh, so I don't know what the depiction of this is like necessarily. Yeah, it's interesting. He talks about how it, it looks like a bad movie because it's got like bars on the the windows and stuff and like yeah. extras from one floor of the cookies nest everywhere. But it's, um, <laughs> Everybody walks yeah, I mean, really I... slowly and shuffles around in the background. Uh, yeah, I mean, I also don't know. Um, I've never been like you. I've been treated for depression, but not in like I wasn't put in a psychiatric hold in the same way that no uh, he was. So I don't know. I've I've been around like uh, I mean I don't know how it is in in Canada and North America. In England, I guess there are private institutions, but t typically psychiatric wards are like part of uh, hospitals. So I've been around them because yeah. I've been I spent a lot of time in hospitals, like as as patients and as visitors, like a lot of time. And uh I've been around psychiatric patients and stuff, uh when they've been nearby where I've been. But I couldn't say uh yeah, I couldn't speak to the truth of this necessarily. I think you're right, like as you said, with mm. all the patients and like snowflakes, I think all um there's no specific structure for a place like this all over the world. Hard to say one person's experience in a psychiatric institution could be completely different from the next person's. True. I may have watched Girl Interrupted 15 times, but I ain't been to a psychiatric ward, so I can't speak on that. There's going to be a lot of things where we're like, oh, we can't really speak on that. Let's, let's, let's hedge our bets and not get ourselves, let's not get our foots in our mouths about certain things. Um, <clears throat> how old would you be yeah, if you were born in 1999 just to answer our question finally because the Degrassi wiki how... says she was born June 99 oh god okay well it's 2016 now so 
Right? No, hold on. No, it's 2016. Wait. Because hmm. you turned 20 in 2019. So three years before that. She'd have just turned 17. That doesn't sound right, does it? No, but also isn't there a couple of years missing from Degrassi? Yes, but maybe they just never updated it on the wikia to reflect it. Or maybe it just hasn't been mentioned since then how old exactly she's been changed to. Is it 2016 right now, though, in the show? Or is it not 2014 or 2015? It's impossible to say. I don't... I think it's... I think it's 2016 and... They had to make it that way. They had to change and things. Or when did they do the time skip? In like 2014, maybe? So I think I'm they not made. I'm sure when the time skip happened. Yeah, they made it present day then, but I don't know if they've been able to hold on to it being present day since then. Probably not because they. The seasons. Like one school year can take like three seasons or something, can't it? So. Yeah, and then they've had like summers, I think, as well, have been whole seasons. I don't know. It's one of those weird... Not to mention the movies. Yeah, and it's one of those um, weird shows, I guess, where you can have... Oh, no, I was going to say like they can have a Christmas thing in each season, even though it's supposed to be the same one. I don't know if they are guilty of that, exactly. I can't, I can... What, a Christmas episode? Yeah, because, you know, some shows are supposed to be like... Um, like that 70s show took place over the space of four years, mm. but... Um, the show ran for considerably longer than four years, and yet each season had a Christmas episode. So it, it <laughs> so it didn't really make sense. I don't know if Degrassi has slipped that much, um, but it feels like that. It feels like they do make mistakes like that. Shit, I don't remember ever seeing a Christmas episode of Degrassi. The yeah, only no. things that come close to that are when they're like, "It's a winter themed dance, so it's a winter carnival." You know, that's that's all I can really remember in terms of seasonal acknowledgement. Yeah, let's have a look. Um, there was an episode called Holiday in 2003, which I guess is uh, must be season three. Yeah. Oh, oh there's we're a, coming the, up to that. The first Christmas episode is in the season that we're on in the regular episode block. So. Oh, interesting. I bet, oh God, you know, it does not feel like the time to do that right now. Right now it is the hottest day of the year in England. The hottest. So... Yeah, I don't know. I don't really have much to say about Hunter. We've sort of we've seen him be put in the psychiatric. Well, what do you make of him crashing his car into the wall and being like, "Maybe you shouldn't leave me, Miles." Uh, I don't know. I I like. I don't know because I don't know enough about his diagnosis to say whether this is a typical thing, a realistic thing, or whether it's even possible to say a typical thing uh, of this of this situation. Um. I mean, after this, the the show doesn't really check back in with him until he's out of the of the ward. Well, no, I mean, so, we we pop back in like when he's he has visits from Yael and stuff, and uh, so he, yeah, I mean, I mean, for the rest of the season. Oh, what like after the the five episode block that we're doing today? Yeah, yeah, we sort of. Well, thanks for telling. It's not like that. we're not always <laughs> we're not always like. And how's Hunter doing at the old at the old psychiatric ward? He's just like mine. It's it's you know we don't really see much of him or his diagnosis or the therapy again. Um, yeah, we've got. Should we talk about Yael then? Spin off from there and talk about her app. Let's her app that has to Yael. to fight the farts. Yes, let's talk about Yael, uh, aka Maud. Um, <laughs> so- Take off your wig, Maud. Show us your true self. Yeah, so um, Yael has a plot that is another one uh, 
like Degrassi likes to do sometimes, especially nowadays they get real topical, where it's like, let's take a big world issue and try and like put it in this microcosm that is Degrassi. And, right. and so she is struggling with being, she refers to herself as a woman in tech. She's struggling with being taken seriously in the tech community. Um, yes. is a... The tech community comprised of three people. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's her and her two arsehole friends. But that's the thing, aren't they friends? Why are they, they are suddenly enemies and like, just because it works better in this one? I don't really understand. Well, we haven't really seen much of uh, Baz and VJ outside of I don't know what whatever gamer club yeah and even and also when VJ went on a date with Tristan and and then thought he had chlamydia yeah that's the other thing VJ weird antagonist for this because to um very out and camp gay men do it do a lot better in the tech world than uh than yeah I I don't know I don't know um but I mean, they're not in the tech world. They're yeah, in school, yeah. so it's like exactly. That's why it doesn't. She talks about this thing that was suddenly introduced this problem that no one takes Yael seriously. Uh, her friends who up until maybe this it's point... because she goes around wearing a wig all the time. Yes. and no one ever talks about it. She's still maybe wearing that's a wig. Why she's facing prejudice. Yeah, yeah, they're and, sticking with it. And I've seen pictures of the actress outside of the show, and her hair has grown back. So yeah. it seems like the wig has to become a plot later on, right? Otherwise, they would just be like, and after winter break, she dyed her hair a different color, and it's fine, and it looks much better. They're bringing the witch thing back, and they're going to do like roll dolls, the witches, and pull off her wig, and she's going to be bald, <laughs> and that's how you know she's actually like a, a decrepit old woman under there. Yes. Mm. So yeah, her plot is um. First of all, she invents an, she invents an app that is a confessional thing, which um, for anyone who's been on the internet for as long as you and I have, I'm sure you've seen this sort of thing has existed for a very long time. Very popular. Well, also there's the, um, I believe it's called the Whisper app, which is now like a really popular app where people tell secrets and i think it's very popular with high school children and they do and they do not i don't know if it's like blind item gossipy as much um well i'm sure there's a, a subset of it that is but i think as well it's like specific high school confessions yeah exactly they there's these confessional things and like it makes sense you take a popular website and you turn it into an app and it's your own thing like that's pretty common um, she's pretty convinced she's discovered this revolutionary thing. Uh, what she's up against is um, Baz and VJ have created an app that lets you send a fart noise to play through someone else's phone speaker. I guess assuming they also have the app, um, which Yael yeah, does actually. for some reason. I don't. <laughs> That's a really good point. What is it? It's, I don't know if it's like even if you opened a text that was an MP3 file. Like I know on Facebook Messenger you can send recorded messages even if you sent like the sound effect of a fart i think of which they've recorded about 50 they claim yeah like personally. variations this, these two these two fucking suck to me i don't like them <laughs> at all um, i especially hate bears i mean he was a non-entity in the first season of next class and now he's just like the shittiest person he's just rude and i guess obsessed with girls in his way because this whole bet with um, her about which app will be most popular is about oh, yeah. she has to, she's forced to go on a date with him, which I guess she does. She must do because she does lose it. And that'll happen uh, later in the season. Oh, but they also do bring he's that obsessed. Yeah, they do. And also he's obsessed with Grace because he's trying to neg her a lot. Yeah, it's weird. It's one of those weird um, half real life, half not. He calls it negging and stuff like that. But the book he's reading isn't called The Game. It's called something very similar though in true degrassi style 
Which is weird because we see characters reading real books. Like we see, uh, I was going to call her Ranky, which is, you know, a possible nickname that they could, you know, keep on the back burner for people to call her, along with Ku Klux Fran, which <laughs> made me, uh, which cracked me up in real life. But um, she was reading uh, So You've Been Publicly Shamed by the guy who wrote The Psychopath Test, whose name is eluding me right now, but it's John a Ronson? really good book. Yes, yes, thank you, John Ronson um yeah she's reading that and that's a real book and a good book and uh, as is um the psychopath test so i feel like they would have name checked the game unless it's that thing of uh one of our listeners i think i want to say amethyst beloved pointed out that they don't use like brand names of certain things if it's in a negative light or being uh depicted in a negative light on the show so maybe they couldn't be like the game is a disgusting book for loser men who neg women they had to be like it's called the play True. Although if they did try and sue them for that, it wouldn't be like... They would get thrown out because it's not as if it has a sterling reputation that can be ruined by a single episode of a TV show. <laughs> That's true. It's all hearsay and libel. This is like the man with a big purple fedora peacocking all over the courtroom and, and telling the lawyers that, you know, you could be pretty if you took off your glasses, honey. <laughs> Yeah, I really admire that you look like shit and you hate yourself and now you want to go on a date with me. <laughs> yes the game has worked i mean the play <laughs> but uh yeah yael is um i guess in the promos they called her like the female zuckerberg i think and uh and Hunter then this gets knows. named yeah he calls vaz and vj the the winkle vi to uh to her zuckerberg so which no so they're, they're the true geniuses and she's just good at like, isn't that the, how they're connected? Like, within pop culture, obviously, I'm not saying that's definitely what happened, but when you reference the Winklevoss twins, isn't it usually... I think of rowing. Oh, yeah, well, there's the rowing, and then there's the being ripped off by their former business partner at college. Yes, so. or it's like, was where they... I don't know, I'd have to rewatch The Social Network, which is a great movie, but, you know, I don't remember the ins and outs of the Winkle Eye. I just uh, remember all the, the shots of them rowing powerfully through rivers. <laughs> so, Ayel is... She has, like, an idea that her app is going to be like, it's going to change lives! It's gonna just—it's gonna break the internet and be amazing, and then yeah, there's no way anonymity would turn people into dicks. That's never happened before. <laughs> so she, uh, then she decides to play down and dirty. She's gonna take on the farts with gossip, and so she uh, pumps VJ for gossip. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> why does he help her so much? She's like an idiot. Well, like he said, Michael, gossip is his weakness. <laughs> Uh yeah, so this is a strange plot. But also, um here's a little little tidbit about Yala I found really interesting. Is that okay. she's she's obviously not that well known because Lola calls her that Yael girl. Like just we sort of know <laughs> about her, but we're not friends with her and stuff. But they nail her name. I mean, it's a it's a unusual name and one difficult to pronounce if you're not particularly familiar with, with like Hebrew names. But uh, yeah. I love that Lola just gets it first time. She's like, I don't know this girl. I'm not friends with her. I've never had to say her name before. 
but that's definitely her name. <laughs> Even though she borrowed her wig last season to spy. So we get, uh, yeah, Yael decides to sink down into the gutters, the gossipy gutters with, with VJ, and she pumps him for information, and he's got some goss, some hot tea ready to be spilled on, I believe it's Sigamaya, right? He says, like, I heard that a certain someone cheated on a certain someone with a certain someone in the woods. The grade 11s. And then he was like... Uh, then he gossips about Tristan. He's like, I had the presidential suite at oh, school. Gosh. has been used for more than just meetings. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, wait. I'm sorry. I I rolled over because I, I found that so cringy. And I dropped it on the ground. But, um, yeah, you're... <laughs> I know this is right. The president will see you now. Um, and he's like, Winston, read me my schedule. And he's like, Well, sir, you've got three makeouts scheduled in at three o'clock today. I, I don't know. Yeah, this is that is true. This is a character trait we know about VJ. He can't resist gossip. And then he spins away on the table and disappears off screen. Um, but then, yeah, there's a lot of stuff is happening with the app that Yael's morals feel uncomfortable with like she doesn't want to compromise her morals for the sake of this very low scale um within a very small community based app situation like the demographic that's spreading rumors isn't that wide like it's not it's not ruining or corrupting the school no well although it does help to ruin one young girl's life and we'll touch on that <laughs> later yes 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 i i agree <laughs> we will touch on that later <laughs> But uh, should we get on to Baz then from here? It seems like a natural point to talk yeah. about Baz. This should be a fairly quick one. He doesn't do too much. You're right, he just turns into shit. He has like two scenes really. <laughs> Literal shit. Yeah. So um, Baz, yeah, helps create this Bart app, which is sweeping the nation. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing. It's called it's Brown Cloud, which I thought uh, was like, it's going to be some sort of music app, right? And uh, But no. No. It's it's just fart noises. So he he does this with VJ, and they're convinced they're going to win. I mean, they do win. They get two tickets to this app expo, and they are thrilled. Um, and then he, I don't know, he's he's flitting around in the background in these first five episodes, and he's just being a dick. Like he goes, uh, in, I can't remember which episode it is. Oh, it's Buy Me Pizza. Of course it's Buy Me Pizza. My favourite things happen in Buy Me Pizza. <laughs> he um, he uh, comes up to Grace out of nowhere. She's already in the middle of a conversation with three people, so that's just rude to begin with. And he comes up and he's like, oh, your outfit sucks. You look so damaged and you look like you want to repel boys. Um, and she, she stands up and is like, I'll kill you. And then he runs away. Um and next we see him he is sitting on the floor in the hallway reading his PUA book planning his next move now that Grace is vulnerable and <laughs> has had a makeover she's lowered her shields and he can go and penetrate her uh, second layer of armour uh, <laughs> there's so many layers of penetration before ooh, we get to the main event the penetration ooh. Ooh. so yeah then um he he is a little whiny baby when she picks up his book and says don't do this and he says i won't and scurries away and she throws the book at his back and then baz is gone for a while at least as, as far as i can remember yeah that's it he he yeah you're right he reappears 
at the just at the finale where Grace is turned back into a pumpkin and shouts <laughs> once again into a pumpkin. Yeah, Baz sucks. Um, he doesn't have much to do. He's just around. I'm. I don't know if uh, this I felt this viscerally against a character like like when I don't know Maya Zig. <laughs> Tori, R.I.P. And um, Tristan all came in initially. I don't think I was like, ugh, ugh, get this piece of shit away from me. He sucks. About any of them, like that much. Yeah, Baz is just one of those characters that they don't give him anything to do. And when they do, it's just something bad. He's like when Peter was on the show, he basically, they just gave him a bunch of shitty plots uh, and just expected people to carry on wanting to check in on him. Just can't wait to see what he's doing this week. Oh, really? Yeah, well, that's how I felt he, about uh, Peter. I'm sure he had some plans. I don't. I don't remember Peter at all uh, up until, I guess, an episode where he did cocaine because Declan Coyne told him to or something, and then and now he's back. But um, and what a character to decide to put front and center in the next class yeah, not, uh, episodes. Not just for the reunion, he comes back. He seems to be. He says he works at a record studio, but he seems to be a teacher at the school as well. Um unsure i think he was just coming in to be like i'm one of the options for work experience let's talk about that yeah but after um, maya already got the um oh no well, i guess she was still auditioning but he was like teaching while she had already been told to work on this thing and it... he was giving her advice on like i don't know it was giving them all advice on resumes and shit i'm not sure yeah but he's he's not seen at the school again apart from as part of the gala so I don't know what his deal is. Plays with a Sav, naturally. Yeah, good old Sav. Um, Weird choices for people to bring back. Like, some are more obvious, like, obviously, Emma and Liberty and Craig, like, old favourites from very early on. And Spinner, obviously, yeah, yeah. first first episode. Well, not first episode, second episode crowd. But, um... Yep. Holly J, that I mean, I know she's our favorite, but she's not everybody's favorite. No, and Mo, because Mo, a not really oh, anyone's yeah. favorite, but also he's barely left. He like just just left the series. It's been two years, two long years, and he's experimented with drugs in college, and he wants everyone to really know that. Now he's like a very political stand-up comic who refuses to well, compromise. Yeah. But also, I love that his opening joke was really like your dad joking about like, back in my day, we, you know, talk to people, but now all your kids do is swipe and whoa, deliver me a girlfriend, Uber. Oy. Almost all the things he references in that existed while he was still at high school. Yeah. I I mean, he must have had some sort of Tinder equivalent. They must have had at least like an OkCupid thing going on. Um I'm pretty sure they all did dating apps. Didn't Mo get catfished at some point? Someone got catfished. Uh, Connor got catfished. Ah, yes. On a role-playing game. Ah, speaking of Connor, that's who I was going to say Baz reminds me of. He reminds me of, like, Wesley and Dave. Yeah. um, In that he's very likely to just stop appearing on the show. Yeah, he's he's just like a little asshole wandering around in the background being a little, being a little prick. Did you know? Did you know he's Goldie's brother? What is he supposed to be? Yeah, yeah. Why has that never they been mentioned? Are, How do we know? They that? have the same surname. What is that? Something they've just come up with now, or was he always supposed to be? I think they've always had the same surnames. Well, who knows? Because when do they say their surnames? Well, I think they said Goldie's surname. 
But when have they ever talked about But it, it just says it, it just saw on the Wikia they have the same surname. Yeah, it says Goldie's his sister on Wikia, but uh, they have no scenes together and it's never been mentioned, I don't believe. That's so yeah. weird. So it's just like backstory, but they didn't think it was relevant to ever show <laughs> this happening. Maybe something will come of it, like she's she's a feminist and he's a nigger, <laughs> so it'll be like, you know, she'll see him walking down the hallway going, ooh, flat tits, and she'll be like, Harry, that's not feminism, and uh, this isn't, this is as much as I've thought this, I'm, I'm spit roast, I'm spit roasting, I'm spit <laughs> balling spit here, roasting I'm spit roasting. Oh, Dr. Um, Freud, your slip is showing. <laughs> I know I'm a, I'm a regular slip and slide when it comes to Freudian slips, but um, yeah, I think I I don't know. And then VJ doesn't get much to do in this half either. He's a real gossip hound. Apparently, he's the school's you know keep your ear to the ground. VJ's got the scoop on the latest you know a certain grade eleven snuck off with a certain grade eleven. He knows everything about the grade elevens. Oh, I just realized how he probably knew that uh, Zig cheated on Maya was because Hunter had the video of him and Zoe fucking in the woods. Yeah, that's that must be true. They all watched it and, and were titillated beyond belief. <laughs> well, who wouldn't be? I mean, it was uh, quite a circus it was that a day. Hell of an event. It was a real circus. It was a Cirque du Soleil, but like a tree-themed Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, um, swinging from vines and branches and uh, flipping into each other. It was the new Tarzan movie with Ale Alexander Skarsgård, but um, uh, it was with two teens, two teens in the woods. Um, so I guess uh, we mentioned Baz negging Grace. We talked about Grace's plot, which I feel like... Seems like kind of out of character, but I can buy it. Like I can go along with it for sure. Yeah, we we discussed this a bit uh, when we were reading the the titles of them uh, during a few episodes ago. Um, yeah, yeah, it's strange. Why does Grace care? Uh, she never has before. Like why now? Yeah, well, because she's trying to get a boy's attention now. I guess is the answer. Um, <laughs> now that he's on the market again yeah it's a weird thing even though she uh, hates him for what he did to Maya because she's very much in Maya's corner generally but then she wants yeah. to be friends with him again and maybe more and maybe more but I never got the vibe from her that she ever liked him You know, she was always berating him and telling him why he was wrong and being an idiot you know, there was no, they never. She was nagging him. Oh, she was nagging him. That's why she was so affronted by the book when she saw it. She was like, "No, my secrets," and that's why she threw it away in case Maya started reading it. Exactly. She's like, "Oh, I'm just gonna throw this away into my bag, and I'll dispose of it later." She's <laughs> picking up tips the whole time. Yeah, Baz got it from her in the first place. He was like a common interest, and that's why he's obsessed with her. Um, yeah. So Grace. Um, well, when we first see her, she's still very much like, don't, don't, um, <clears throat> and she's like, don't be distracted by Zig, concentrate on your music. Though I guess now you could probably read that as her being like, get over Zig so I can move on in, yeah. you know, in hindsight. Like, hey, yeah, you know, he's not right for you. <laughs> he needs a, he needs a girl that will keep him in check, like me. He needs Tough a girl. <laughs> he needs a girl who's fucking dying, okay? He needs a girl who's always ready for a funeral. <laughs> He'll feel too guilty to cheat on me the short time I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> you can have him after I'm fucking dead. <laughs> I'm fucking dying, okay. 
So she, yeah, she starts. So I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess that makes sense in a way. You could read it that way. She, um, she's pretty staunchly like Maya, concentrate on your song. Stop thinking about Zayuk. And then we uh, next check in with her, I believe, in Buy Me Pizza. I think she has some small fleeting appearances. But the yeah, we get the first taste of it after after Baz has negged her and said, You're always oh no, I think uh Maya says, You're always ready for a funeral and then Grace is like that cuts too close to home because I am always ready for a funeral. Because I'm a real funeral. Dying, okay. And then her and jo- Maya and Jonah are there in the back are going, <laughs> You always wear black <laughs> Which I thought was kind of weird and mean. Yeah. You know, like as soon as Baz is like you don't care what men look. Uh, you don't care what men think of you. You look damaged, and then Jonah goes, ah, "He's right. You wear a lot of black." Yeah, and then just like just to have a third way of having that told to her. Maya's like, yeah. "Oh no, I actually think it is really good that you don't care about being attracted <laughs> yeah. to boys." Like if that was coming from like I would say Zoe, I would be like, "That's the most backhanded, like shady compliment you can give someone." You know, I love how you just don't care what men think of you and you dress like you just hate them and don't want them to be near you. Like, that's so brave. I'm so jealous. I wish I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yucking it up. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Notorious psychopath, yeah. Um yeah, yes. Uh that was apparently warranted to be put on the Degrassi wiki Degrassi wikia page. But um back to the thing where my like you're always ready for a funeral. You look like you hate men. <laughs> and then Grace looks over and on the steps is Zig and she looks at him sad and then he looks up at her and just waves. <laughs> Blankly. Uh, yeah, he wanks blankly. He wanks blankly, he waves blankly. Jesus, Rebecca. <laughs> You're right, I'm Freudian slipping all over the place today. Um, but yeah, I guess, yeah, that was our Zoe-Grace interaction, wasn't it? I don't think they actually talked to each other in the first five episodes, like, at all. No, just um, um, Zoe passes her by Just that brief moment. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because I think, what is it there? It's the first episode. This is when uh, Grace is like, don't... Think about Zig. Think about your music. Think about anything else but Zig. Leave him alone and off the market. Um, or on the market, rather. And uh, so he walks past. And then I think Grace says something like, well, he cheated on you with a notorious psychopath. And then Zoe swivels around and says, we can't all be perfect friends like you, Grace. And, ooh, I wonder what that is. Like, what a, what a perfect friend. I don't know, going along with having sex with her and then being like, no, sorry. I don't know. Is Grace ever going to confess like her part in the reason that Zoe and Zig fucked in the first place? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's difficult because then it falls into the category of being like, oh, it was my fault that your boyfriend chose to cheat on you in the same way that lots of people seem to be making that excuse for Zig. Yes. I set off that notorious psychopath. <laughs> she was on the warpath after I had my way with her. Unstoppable. The only man I've ever seen able to resist her advances is Tristan and only just. Oh, God. That's uh, that little moment in was it the president's office again mm-hmm. where they seem to have all their talks about sexuality this is when um 
So he sits on Tristan's lap and says, "What? Well, tell me, tell me you have never thought about having sex with a girl." And, and it was it really grossed me out for some reason. <laughs> yeah, does she actually think it's going to work? That's the really gross thing about it is she genuinely thinks he can be turned by just sitting on his lap. Like anyone could be seduced by anyone if they're sat on their lap. Yeah, if that's the case, then why isn't she seduced by Winston at all? <laughs> why aren't we all fucking our cats every day? <laughs> that's true. Anytime someone accidentally sat, like if I was on the tube and someone like didn't see me there yeah. and sat on my lap and I was like, oh no, it's happened. <laughs> I can't believe, I, did, I never thought I'd have sex with a 70 year old man. But, uh, on the tube, no <laughs> Right here, right now, this shirtless, sweaty, 70-year-old drunk man. But uh, <laughs> he stumbled when the train jolted, and now he's on my lap, and I'm starting to see him in a whole new light. And then the whole train gets set off because we'd stop bumping into them, and that skin-on-skin contact just starts like a domino effect of, of sexual frizzing. Sparks everywhere. Mm. Should we go? Let's talk about. We'll get to Zoe in a second, but uh, let's talk about Grace's great makeover. Um, so set off by, I guess what she's talking to Maya in the toilet, right? And and she's staring in the mirror rather forlornly, like, "Huh, I I, I need a makeover." And then Maya comes out at the sound of a flush and is like, "Hey, girl, what are you thinking about?" And Grace is like, "Oh, the fact that I'm." damaged or something or i repel men i forget the dialogue and uh and then Maya's like well who cares and that's the end of that scene that's the essence of that scene i believe yeah basically but then maya um now grace reappears the next day at school in can you believe it pink dress oh and heels because we get a shot that starts at the feet and then reveals the rest and mm, and she's and she's curled her hair a bit yeah, it's still um, still black and blue. Yeah, I liked her hair curled. Actually, I thought it was nice. Um, but yeah, the pink dress. Um, I don't know where she got it from. Did she go out and buy it? Did she borrow it off a notorious psychopath? We'll never know. It does look like something the notorious psychopath would wear, doesn't it? She broke into the, the Degrassi hair. prop department, the wardrobe of the theatre, ah. and uh, stole pink dress from their production. <laughs> of Winston's skit, I, I yes, don't know. Winston's weird vaudevillian skit. That's just, <laughs> hey, it's just kissing. <laughs> I actually do you want to hear a clip of the skit. Might as well. <laughs> we're almost, we're almost on Zoe. I can feel it. <laughs> well, we've still got some shit to talk about with Grace, actually. So. <clears throat> Yeah, then then uh, Tristan and uh, Zig see her, and they both go, "Whoa, this is nuts!" And she she tries to play it off like nothing happens, going, "Hey, Tiny, we've got to go to maths, like uh, desperate to get out of there." And then she runs away because everybody's in fits of giggles because because they're like, "A woman with black and blue hair and a pink dress—that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of." Yeah, but then Zig very sweetly is like. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't mean to laugh at you. Like, if this is genuinely the new you, then that's cool. But uh, you know, I I also like the old you. So you know, yeah. whatever makes you happy, it's fine. I don't mind. See, I still like Zig, despite how whiny and weird and entitled he can be. I still like him. Well, this is what you Grace know? says to him. She's like, one minute you're a jerk, and the next minute you have just the right thing to say, and he kind of acknowledges mm. it. But also, that's like. 
all people, basically. Like, people can be shitty and, you know, toxic and problematic and whatever, but also just like a normal, nice person as well. But everyone is oh, that's what this, good or evil. That's what this show does well, though. You see everybody being, like, investing an asshole and a cool person whose heart is in the right place. You know, it's... Uh, we see that with pretty much everybody on this. Part of what makes some of these storylines, particularly the one we're avoiding, so difficult to talk about yeah. is that it's so easy to see like everyone's side and also disagree with them but also kind of see where they come and it's like it's so it can be really difficult but it's really good how human everything is like you can see someone mm. reacting and you from the outside you can be like huh maybe that wasn't the best decision but you can also think ah yeah when you're in when you're in a moment like that's a very natural way of of being so yeah you're right what this show does really really well is have actually like actual human beings doing mm. stuff especially teenage human, human beings like fuck ups basically like kids just make mistakes all the time and they're just learning about stuff and it is really yes. interesting to see someone not as spinner and page say like learn and move on from their mistakes they're not trapped in a like this is my character trait now that i've done this bad thing i'm defined by it <laughs> they can they can move on and do other things with their lives yeah and uh, the show captures that divide very well and it's it's immensely watchable. The same, I mean, it happens. It's Grace like a little bit later. None of your favors are safe from being shown in a bad light. I know. Yeah. I know. You've already warned me that that Grace gets up to stuff later on that I won't yeah. agree with. And same for my my sweet little sister, Grumpy Short Shorts. <laughs> she's she's yeah. a tough one, but I'm in I'm in her corner. You know, I I do feel for her, and I also feel for everyone. It's so so difficult <laughs> feeling so many things, being such an empath as I am. I was just waiting for you to say that. I could anticipate. <laughs> um, so I think I mentioned Winston's wonderful, <laughs> stupid, stupid, stupid sketch. Like I, I, I actually hate it. I don't know why anyone would audition for it. But um, here it is. You ready to hear the wonderful sketch in full? Please. Anniversary Gala. I'm Zoe Rivas and I'll be your host for this evening's showcase along with my handsome sidekick. Uh, Winston, I thought we talked about your little crush. I can't let it interfere with the show. Well, I guess you'll just have to kiss me. You know, diffuse the situation. <laughs> oh, what's that gonna do? It has to be a real kiss. And then we kiss for real, the crowd goes wild, I make a joke about your terrible breath, so it begins. <laughs> See, and then at the end there, you get Goldie cracking up in the audience. That was what that little giggle was when she says, I make a joke about your terrible breath. And then Goldie goes, <laughs> it's a good joke. But she's the only one that this audition lands for, or the only one that any of these jokes land for. Yeah, well, I do love, um, this is not only Zoe's awkward audition because she doesn't want to kiss Winston. Like, this seems to be her acting and rehearsal style in general, because later on, uh, <laughs> she gets it, and she still, like, talk, just talks through the script instead of rehearsing, and it was like, wow, great. Sounds great so far. I really hope you can nail it. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was in the, reu in the reunion episode, she's like, and then we do a dance. Yeah, it's like, well, it's coming up. Wild. Why not try yeah. doing the dance? Uh, just see how it goes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, th I thought when I read the plot, she would be auditioning for something real. Like a TV show again. Yeah, it did sound that way, didn't it? Like when it loses her, the part of a lifetime, her dream <laughs> role slips through her fingers due to her homosexual feelings. <laughs> 
I as well the stupid like boom 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 music that starts playing when she's like oh instant we have to talk about this little crush you know every time I know this is a visual description for the audience that can't see it but every time I pretend I do my interpretation of Zoe's voice I hold up two fingers like I'm smoking a cigarette it seems only natural. She's such a like a femme fatale character. <laughs> she, oh uh, yeah. So she, she does look like she doesn't want to kiss Winston, but then you know, who would? Um, it's a, it's a surprise to me. He's this is this is how much no one wants to kiss kiss Winston is that he's written a sketch about girls having to kiss him to give him a real kiss, and he's holding auditions, and they all have to come up and make out with him at once, which I'm guessing Esme does. Yeah, well, she must because she she nails the audition apparently, and she has no problem kissing whoever <laughs> as long as it gets her what she wants. Yeah, um, with her beautiful so is... breasts. <laughs> yeah, I guess. That's so weird. I know it's it's out. I'm not being creepy. This I'm quoting her. This is what she said. No, no, I know. I was just remembering. But um, yep. She's not even wearing like a revealing top. She's wearing a full-on woolly jumper. But Zoe can't keep <laughs> keep her eyes off this vague outline through this this layer of wool. I like, I like how obvious they're making it as well. It's like when Winston comes within an inch of her mouth, her whole face goes, "Ugh, get out of here!" And then when Esby comes within like an inch of her ear, she's suddenly like mouth breathing and staring at tits all over the place she genuinely can't control like i don't know does she fancy esme specifically or is it just like oh no a girl i can't help myself i'm so close to one <laughs> i think that's what it was because we don't know we've never seen her interact with esme before right she's not suddenly like i love her she's like you know this is a girl that's come close to her ear and now she's like tits yeah beautiful tits it's uh strange she is like well i guess she's a teenager i was gonna say she's like a teenage boy but i guess if you're a horny teenager there's a uh, yeah possibly similarities and that's what we're well, seeing i guess she's she just like, discovered uh, all this uncontrollable <laughs> her libido is, is wild she just sure, wants to take someone, every girl she sure, sees down to the woods if a girl sat on her lap who knows what would happen but um she well, I don't know, I guess maybe she's only just discovered this, so she's making up for, like, years of lost time by being, like, quadruply horny. I suppose, but if it's involuntary, how has this not happened before? She's, like, just realising she's into girls? I guess. I don't know. Um, she is. But, uh, yeah, we get an exchange between them later on when she, fi she finds out that she didn't get the call back. Oh, via text as well. Oh, no. It's like oh, it, no. it's quite formal though. It's like oh, we regret to inform you, you have not. Yes, it's it. like a job application role or a job application rejection. Um, so then she hunts down Esme to find out what she did different, which was, I guess, actually do the audition and not just like say. And then we do your stage direction, and now I can go right. Yeah, <laughs> um, Zoe. Yeah, thinks that she's nailed it. She's pretty convinced that just saying. <laughs> This is why, again, my other reasoning for thinking this must just be how she does it. Because she's like, yeah. well, that was perfect. I couldn't have done that any better. <laughs> maybe, uh, 
Maybe she's like got it in her head now that after she she's like, I was on West Drive. I don't have to audition for things anymore. Yeah, she was expecting to be offer only. She's like, fine, I'll do this as a courtesy, <laughs> just so I don't upset the other auditionees. But we all know. She's like, do <laughs> Grassy's Patty Lapone. You know, she just waits for the offers to roll in. Yeah, but offers come they none. She's gone from being on a very very popular teen drama. To, uh, not even being able to get the part in a kissing sketch. <laughs> kissing sketch. But um, yes, instead it goes to Esby and her beautiful breasts, which I don't know why I found that such a weird way to describe them. Yeah, well, I don't know. I guess it's in keeping with Esme. She does love herself. We know that she's very narcissistic. <laughs> but uh, to hear her be like, I don't blame you. They are beautiful. <laughs> 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 I, I do like Esme a lot in this, though. She's uh, so much fun to watch. Well, because you love a Samantha, and she's such a Samantha. She'll try That's anything. true, actually. <laughs> so we get to, yes, she confronts her in an empty classroom and closes Esme's book. And Esme's like, your reputation it precedes you, Zoe Rivas. And, uh, and then... Like, how did you know my nickname? <laughs> yeah, another one of those classic nicknames. Um, so now they're going to re-audition and they do it again. And Esme shows her, shows her they're good, shows her how she did it. And uh, and this time uh, Zoe does not read the stage direction. She lunges forward with her mouth and puts it on Esme's mouth. And, and sucks and then the kissing oh, is God, over. No. And uh, yes, she does. She sucks her mouth. I saw it. <laughs> and, um, and Esme's like... Wow, if you kissed Winston like that, you definitely would have got it, but you didn't. I did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then a and then a group of young students witness this and are like, oh, people people kissing in classrooms. Yeah, I don't really understand like what Esme's game is here, apart from just to like taunt. I think Zoe. she's fucking with her, yeah, because she knows that she's into girls. But why does Zoe go along with it? Because she already knows she didn't get the call back, so how is she going to put this advice to good use? Well, as we know, <laughs> she can't control herself around women. True. I guess it's a good excuse. Like, if someone you want to kiss says, like, oh, hey, let's kiss as an acting exercise, you'll be like, oh, yeah, let's definitely, that would really help me as a performer. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and, then, and then we must practice it again and again and again. I don't think I've got it right. And now um, I, I've got a sex scene coming up in an audition, and I just don't know how I'm going to do it. <laughs> well, since she's so adamant that she's not uh, gay in this, every time Tristan brings it up, she's like, I'm not. I only like Grace because I have low self-esteem. Yeah, and then she's like, I don't want to be like you. I want to be normal. And he gets very offended by this because, as we all know, Tristan <laughs> has never insulted anyone for their sexuality. Oh, God. I know. Um, and even... It's just all the biphobic stuff from last season as well. Yeah, that was my first um, thought. Be like, just because you're in the closet, don't bring your self-hatred out on me. It's like, what do you think you're doing every time you attack Miles for also liking girls? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Actually, I didn't even think of that. That's very hypocritical of him. Um, I think, doesn't he at one point say, like, Miles is into boys now and only boys during this episode when someone asks about them being back together? Uh, I don't. Oh, I didn't make a note of that, but I I would believe you if you told me he did. Yes, it seems. I think it was when him and Miles are taking care of the baby. He's like, Miles is into boys now. I've erased his past with my sexuality. <laughs> but then, um, 
that kind of that uh, I guess speaking of Miles's pansexuality, bisexuality, whichever one he is, um, Zoe has a talk with him after she accuses Tristan of not being normal, and uh, and he says that you know don't be so be be the person you want to be, you know, and he's and he puts the idea in the head of no labels, which Zoe takes and runs with. Yes, although I mean she doesn't really though because she's like. Oh, I I decided not to go with a label and instead just act straight. Yes. Well, I, I don't mean she took it and ran with it as a means of exploring her sexuality. I mean she took it as a way of going, yes, I've I've had sex with one girl and kissed another, but now I'm not into labels, so I am with Winston. Yeah, she's she's very um she is a bit psychopathic and that she's like this is the best way to get what i want it's much easier for me to be with winston he encourages me <laughs> he gives me rolls and kissing skits for school <laughs> they're my ticket back to the big time <laughs> and uh so now um oh and, oh yeah we completely forgot about the fact that she's self-harming her <laughs> joy oh yeah uh, well, sort of. In these first five, we don't really see much of it. We don't see herself harming. We see her accidentally We see herself, the beginning. And then flicks yeah, then she herself. Keeps, she keeps squeezing it and flicking it every time something happens that she that she can't really handle or comprehend, I suppose. Like, I think after she called Tristan not normal, she starts squeeze. She jumps down on the sofa, I guess to sob into it, I'm not sure. And then she bangs she bangs the her wrist on the soft cushions um, and it hurts. And so she starts squeezing it again. And then later on when they're talking about the Degrassi reunion and doing like a retrospective on cheerleaders through the years, she starts just flicking her wrist in public as well. Yes, I know. And then she does the thing of like pulling her sleeve down as if she's hiding her marks. But it's yeah. the only mark she has right now is a genuinely accidental burn. Yeah. Also, it got like it was immediately bright red and huge when she burned herself initially and was running it under the tap. Like it was a big ass mark. I don't know. I guess that was a dramatic license, probably. I don't know. Again, can't speak to it. Never burnt myself with a hair straightener accidentally or otherwise. No, me either. But I have burnt myself on oven trays, taking them out too haphazardly. Yes, yeah, me too. I've also burnt myself on cooking equipment, but uh, nothing. I don't that... think it comes up like that immediately. Uh, no, I don't think it does either. But who am I to say? Who am I to speak to her experience? And uh... of course, yes, that should be the name, the subtitle of this episode. Who I, uh, are we? I know. I'm who get, are I, we? I'm starting now, just so it's on my tongue, ready to go for when we get to the difficult right. stuff. Just like I don't know, can't talk about it. Sorry. Right. Um. See as always self-harming now to cope with this. And uh, she does continue to do so. We don't see it. But I guess in the gala as well, she's wearing giant opera gloves that go all the way up her arms. So maybe she's hiding more marks. Maybe. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know how long she's doing it. Similarly with Ellie, the timeline, unclear. Yes. Yeah, we don't get a montage of um, Zoe's life getting progressively harder to handle. Life is getting harder to handle. We need a very on-the-nose song, like, Maybe I'm gay. <laughs> Maybe I'll self-harm. Wouldn't it feel good if I just burned my arm? Oh, I don't want to go, Nice! Because <laughs> we're talking about someone self-harming, but that was that was a solid rhyme. Um, 
Thank you. I mean, you're welcome. Thank you for <laughs> no, giving for giving it to me, for giving me that. Um, yeah, I uh, we'll see where it goes. We don't check in with Zoe apart from uh, uh, gala rehearsals, but um, and we don't see much of Esme actually in this first. This is the only time we see Esme, isn't it? Um, and no, we see her chatting it up with Zig, chatting up with Storm. Ah, oh, yes, yes. Esme's a mystery, and I like to know. I would love to get to know her some more. I find it very interesting. I would, we do find out more about her later on, and it, and it is interesting, and it makes sense. But we don't see her interact with Zoe again. That's a shame. I know. I thought it was Zesme fans out there. <laughs> I think there's a lot. Um, I was. I would. I would be behind this ship. I like the idea of a dysfunctional relationship between two like bitchy women. I would watch the hell out of that. I'd love it if they did get together, but they were both still acting like this, like both still refusing to admit things to each other, but they were actually in a full-on relationship with each other. But Zoe still being like, I'm not into women. And Esme being like, I'm just fucking with you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they like the most long-term gay relationship Degrassi's ever seen. That sounds awesome. I would watch the fuck out of that as well. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> Me and my beautiful breasts. It's, and now uh, it's Esme's turn to read her vows. Like, I've always <laughs> been fucking with you. I'm still fucking with you. And I'll fuck with you until the day you die. Zoe Rivas. This is a long. Oh yeah, like they like she proposes on like one of those jumbotrons at a sports game, and she's like, "This is a mean prank." <laughs> it's right after they've had a discussion. Uh, and they're like, "What's the worst way to propose?" And Zoe's like, "Oh, the jumbotron at a sports game." And they're like, "Ha, huh, want to go see the Raptors tomorrow night?" <laughs> yeah, I would love that. <laughs> Please make this. Yeah, I'm over uh, Grace of Us now. <laughs> Grace of Us, who gives a shit anymore? <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> yeah, when she proposes over the Jumbotron, so I has to be like, I'm a man now <laughs> with this mustache because I'm not a girl who's into women. <laughs> I'll marry you, but only for practical reasons, not because I'm into like, you. <laughs> There's a lot of tax problems I'm going through right now. Yes, this would really alleviate my student debt, Esme. Thank you very much. It's a hard life being an actor when you don't <laughs> get any callbacks for reasons I can't fathom. I've had 15 audition for kissing skits in the past <laughs> month and I haven't got a single one. And I let me tell you, I read out all the stage directions. I nailed those auditions. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, maybe she just doesn't comprehend stage direction. She doesn't know that she has to move. <laughs> <laughs> She's just like, angrily, I will not kiss you today. Moves to the left. <laughs> that sounds like a hilarious kiss. <laughs> doesn't right that there. sound funny? I know. It's, uh, I w I've come round on them. It's just impossible not to laugh at a kiss and skip. <laughs> <laughs> we need that bom 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 music going in the background, and then the skit changes in the reunion episode. To, to they they're suddenly talking about how they're in a relationship now. Yes, they've had to update it obviously to reflect the real life situation because everyone keeps up to date with all the relationships. So otherwise, people would be sat there going, "Hey, aren't they boyfriend girlfriend? This kiss and skip makes no sense. My suspension of disbelief." Oh, uh, yeah. They're like, oh, I didn't buy it when she wanted to kiss him. But I guess now that they're actually boyfriend and girlfriend on all social meds means that they must be. 
Mm -hmm. I thought she was into girls, but I guess she couldn't possibly be because she's with Winston Chu and he's way too masculine. I thought we would have got a follow-up of Zoe trying to find all the the young boys that saw her kissing Esme and, and hunting them down and trying to and, and trying to get them to be, stay quiet. No, although we know she's good at hunting people down because she managed to get into Gilmore Guy trailer. That's true. She's very resourceful, I suppose. I feel like, uh, yeah, I, f I feel like they didn't touch back upon the fact that she's like so desperate not to have people know that she might be gay, and uh, and and she didn't bother to chase down all these young young boys, especially Baz, disgusting Baz, who saw her. Well, he just thought they were doing that for his benefit, I guess. He's like, oh, right. two girls kissing. You know, the only reason two girls ever do that is to entice a stud like me. He's going through like a mental Rolodex of things he can insult them about. Hey, your kissing technique wasn't that good when I was watching it. Hey, Esme, your plait's too big. Yeah, I wow, it's uh, so brave of you to wear those shoes on a day like this uh, and look like an idiot and smell as bad as you do in public. <laughs> yeah, he's just stocking, stockpiling some hot tips for them now. Some some hot insults to get them to crave his male attention. Um. So, should we talk about Miles and Tristan? Yes, let's talk about... Uh, <laughs> uh, yes! So let's talk about... Uh, oh, now we're talking Mr. about the gays. President. Um, yeah, let's talk about uh, Miles and Tristan then. Uh, yeah, Mr. Pr Mr. President and uh, Miles. Um, <laughs> and Miles. And Miles, my, you know, my, one of my favourite characters. I like Miles a lot. He's very good. Um, oh, and it's cool that the first time we check back in with him, he's telling the audience, all of us at home, that he's looking forward to going to his new school because it's going to be <laughs> full, with, full with boys. And girls, ooh. Uh, and his mum being like, oh, you, don't you fuck too many <laughs> boys and girls? You should be Classic Miles. Talking <laughs> about how he loves both sexes. Uh, we're just so like we, friends. We, we, More audience. friends than mother and son, aren't we? <laughs> That's true. I mean, she really didn't care or notice all of his mental health issues until she absolutely had to last season. So Still doesn't care about anything. She's just like ready to go to yoga. She's like, oh, don't tell me this stuff now. I'm late. I'm late for hot yoga. <laughs> Oh yeah, Hunter brought a gun to school, but I'm late for Pilates. Oh, Miles, this is really inconvenient. Oh, couldn't you have had a mental breakdown after I'd had my <laughs> my juice? <laughs> she like always off the soul cycle. <laughs> yeah, like going to pop in into juice generation to be like, oh, oh, my two boys, my two boys keep having problems. One keeps crashing the car, and the other one is bisexual maniac. Ah. Oh. <sighs> Um, yeah, so Miles and Tristan get back together. It's uh, all right, I guess. Um, this happens at the end of the first episode, right? This happens at the end of Squad Goals, I think. Yeah, like... Miles steps back into school and then uh, the car crash and then he sees Tristan again and then they hold hands. And that's... And the rest is up for us to decide until the next episode where I, um, I believe it's pretty much confirmed is the next episode or is it the third episode where they have to take care of the baby um baby episode comes up in uh episode three yeah right now i really like plots on teen shows where, where people have to take care of a bag, like a bag of flour but now it's been updated to or an egg they used to take care of an egg and now it's been updated to robot babies that cry and whinge all the time yeah, and they like the data gets uploaded to the cloud so you can't cheat it or apparently you can <laughs> that cloud Speaking of the cloud, I was really surprised Zoe and Zig's fuck tape did not get brought back up again. 
Um, I guess they have the benefit of being underage in that it wouldn't have such a long shelf life on the internet, possibly. Uh, although it obviously gets passed around students a bunch, but as Zoe well knows, passing around videos of young kids fucking is uh, not advisable. So <laughs> that's a, she was just she, not not that this is any better, but I mean she was just sending tit pics all over the internet. True, but I mean it's the same law applies. You can't send pics with her and her squad. Yeah, yeah, goals. Um, <laughs> goals indeed. Um. Yeah, so I really like when uh, they have to take care of a baby and be parents, and they're like, "Oh, it's so stressful." Oh, oh. and they like assume the role of like one. One inevitably becomes the distant father. One becomes the overworked mother. Yeah, Miles is too busy playing shirts versus skins games on the famous Degrassi basketball court, which seems to be yeah, the same no. one. Yeah, we get this twice. We get Zig. Uh, Ziggy was playing in like jeans and Chelsea boots and like a really tight black t-shirt covered in sweat. Uh, Tiny, I believe, is wearing more sports appropriate attire while those two are playing a game of basketball. And now, and now we get uh, Miles having his guy time with his guy friends playing shirts and skins baseball. Baseball, basketball, fuck. Um, yeah, this appears to be the new man pastime when, when it's time to get away from the ladies. Yep, uh, gotta go down to the Degrassi court and shoot some b-ball outside of the school. Perfect. But they, uh, yeah, so he doesn't want to take care of the the baby because that. Well, he, I mean, he's not mean about it. He's just uh, not attentive. He doesn't care. But then he does take the responsibility once Tristan talks about how important it is and how it's a symbol for his lack of commitment within their relationship. <laughs> I like when the metaphor becomes literal. He's like holding the baby out going, don't you see? This is our future. <laughs> I'm not really talking about this toy baby. I'm talking about us as human but beings. Also, take care of the toy baby, please. Yes, also, I'm literally talking about this baby. It's worth 20% of our grade. So please don't. But also, don't. I'm talking about us. Please don't ruin us. And don't ruin my GPA. Yeah, I don't want to get an F either in class or in our relationship. <laughs> So after he screams all of that at Miles. Yes, word for word. That was a clip. It was a clip, yeah. Uh, Miles accepts the baby, reboots it. <laughs> yeah, he, he takes it to the psychiatric hospital, apparently. This happens off camera, but this is how he explains yeah. it. He went to see Hunter, and Hunter showed him how to restart it. Uh, so what do we learn here? This just is <laughs> <laughs> not even mad. He's not like, oh, I thought it showed that you were responsible after all, but I guess it doesn't. But he doesn't. You pick... always take the easy way out, Miles. See, that's what I thought it was going yeah, to. Yeah, because he's like, oh, I'm so sorry, I yelled at you. It, t- it turns out that you actually you are capable of doing this. And then uh, Miles is just like, nope, wasn't capable of it. Actually broke the baby, so I had to reset it thanks to my techie yeah. brother. So. Uh, yeah, I haven't learned anything. You haven't learned anything. We haven't moved forward, but I, I will call you my boyfriend. And just yeah, like you made no. me the happiest president in the whole school. Yeah, I genuinely don't understand the resolution of this plot. Is this foreshadowing? Are they doomed to fail as a couple? Well, aren't we all? Are we? Mm, I, I guess. <laughs> um. A bit bleak, yeah. I mean, all the all the um, 
Well, now I saw this on Tumblr. They called the three main ships they, the fans, <laughs> those people. <laughs> those disgusting degenerates. <laughs> but uh, all the, I think all the fans on Tumblr, they called the three ships. So we're talking about Tristan and Miles, Zig and um, Maya, and Zoe and Grace. They called them the Holy Trinity. So the first two were broken up in the beginning of this season, and but the last season, Miles and Tristan were at loggerheads because they both wanted the presidency, and also Miles was maybe manipulating trial Tristan. I almost called him Trials. Um, <laughs> I almost called him Triscuit earlier, so we're on the same boat. <laughs> um, yeah, and now and now Tristan and Miles are together, but Zoe and Grace are no more. And Zig and Maya may eventually resolve their things, their issues, but not for a very long time. Not all three can be happy. This is like when I think, I think, I believe it was Sex and the City <laughs> that popularized this. <laughs> and they said, you can have the great job, the great apartment and the great boyfriend, but not all three at once. Uh... So you, so pick your ship, Degrassi fandom. Who do you want to be the most, the most, uh, who do you want to be the ship that endures that is end game? Because you can't have all three. Who do you want? I don't, Who's your one tree me? pairing? Your one tree hill. Right now? Yeah. My one tree hill is uh, Zoe and Esme right now. I was like, give me more of that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I want them together. Um, I wouldn't, love great if, um, Lola and Esme got together and then had a, a baby with the, the beautiful breasts and a booty to die for. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Yeah, everything that baby ate would just go tits and ass. That would be where it would go. What a blessed baby it would be. <laughs> oh, wow. You better hope it was a girl, though. I mean, otherwise mm, it's a Yeah, can you imagine those tits on a boy? No way. <laughs> no way. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Who who are you feeling? Who what couple do you want to see make it in this? Oh man, I don't know. I don't know who like I like individual characters. Um I don't know there's any couples at the moment. I um oh, it's tough to say. I don't know whether I care about Lola and Tiny. I kind of like them, but Lola's a idiot in a way that is potentially <laughs> harmful. She's one of those people that just mm. like thinks they have these fully formed like political opinions like she rages against feminism at one point but she um she's really ditzy and like she just doesn't really seem to understand the things around her that these affect no uh, even her treatment of frankie like even though i think it's good that uh you know there's a friend who kind of stands by her but she doesn't stand by her because she doesn't think she's racist she says who cares if you're racist you're still my girl <laughs> yeah, she's like i know i love that you're still my girl but <laughs> i like lola as well and i actually thought lola's lock screen on her phone of her and tiny was very cute yeah but that's the thing um, she's very young and she's very sweet but she's incredibly naive and stuff and i don't know if um you're right it's sweet this this thing of the two of them but uh i don't know we never saw any solid foundation to begin with it just seemed like she swooped in on tiny after shay was yeah, out of the picture or she was or she was his second choice i don't know and he loves big bums so how could he refuse Oh, he, he! How could he refuse uh, that big pizza ass? Oh, I meant to say pizza ass, but it came out like pizza ass. Uh, do Mars and Tristan have any more plots outside of Tristan um, 
has that baby kicking around and he's hosting oh well he's hosting the gala isn't he and he's all he's all a quiver about it and one thing that made me like Tristan a bit was that he he considers Holly J his idol yeah which is so strange how who knows ex-students when they come to a school who like even if it was a small town which it isn't um <laughs> Toronto, the tiniest town. And uh, yeah, is, um, speaking of Toronto, just quickly, even though we're on the wrong character, is are the Hollingsworths yeah. their dad the mayor? Because at one point, Shay says, "Your dad's the mayor." To Frankie, and I don't know if she was. I being... feel like he has to. He has to be the mayor of Toronto, right? Like that. Where else would he be the mayor? Of? Well, exactly. But I didn't. I wasn't aware. I knew he was a rich, shitty businessman. Uh, I didn't. I don't think I knew that he was the mayor. If so, that's... Um... Oh, I remember briefly, like, stuff from before it was Next Class when it was just Degrassi and they were like... I think Drew was working on his political campaign, Mr. Hollingsworth's politics. Yeah. Of course, yes. A, a um, cage fighter is a natural fit for a, a political campaign. Was Drew a cage fighter? He was, at one point, or an MMA fighter. I don't remember that at all. That's <laughs> going to be interesting to tip back into when we finally get there. Um... Yeah, I, I, Mr. Hollingsworth is the mayor. Um, Mrs. Hollingsworth is a hot yoga enthusiast. <laughs> all three, all three kids <laughs> have, have uh, mental issues. Um, what a family! Well, and the dad. What I a... think safe to assume the dad has some sort of mental issue as well. <laughs> yeah, it's called being the mayor. He says <laughs> as he throws a, throws his glass of whiskey at your head. <laughs> when you're a dad, you'll understand. He says pummeling him with a bag of <laughs> <laughs> pennies oh yeah so a sock full of pennies that's a hollingsworth trademark i don't know either because it's like what do they talk they're like when tristan became class president they were like and here are the presidents you you are following in their footsteps these are the ones that preceded you and he looks like across the wall and there are headshots and holly J stands out to him and he's like what did she do oh. and he like walks closer to it and they go ah that was holly J sinclair She's one hell of a president. Yeah, I guess in the same way that in the Power Squad meeting room, there must be something of cheerleaders because they do a cheerleader retrospective and Tristan seems familiar with that too. Because when someone pitches it oh, to yeah. him, he's like, I love it. We can look back <laughs> at all the famous cheerleaders of the Grassy. Oh, do you think they had like another thing? Like like Tristan walks towards the picture of Holly J and then like Zoe, go, when she was head of the... Um, power squad or whatever she goes into this room full of like old cheerleader pictures and she sees one of Paige and she walks towards it and she goes who's she and they're like ah that's Paige Michaelchuk she started spirit squad here it had been 84 years since the spirit squad had been set up but she put a mantra and she brought it back. And then she goes, who are you, old woman? <laughs> and she like, takes it off and she was like, I'm Paige Michaelchuk. And like, she takes off her old person mask and she's there all along. Oh, I'd love that. I'd love it if it was true that 84 years had passed before they had a cheerleading <laughs> thing. Because they have a, a display of cheerleading from the cheerleading squad from many years before Paige's time. So yes, old hazy black and white photos, and you zoom, they zoom in, and they're like, "She looks familiar," and they put like a magnifying glass over it, and it's Heather Sinclair, <laughs> pre all her surgery, uh, yeah. <laughs> when she was truly the vulture. <laughs> like, oh, that overbite! How did she get on the cheer squad? Well, we all thought that too, but then when we saw her move, when we saw her do her Highlands <laughs> dance, sword dance. <laughs> 
No one moved like Heather Sinclair. No one flew through the air for a big flip like Heather Sinclair. <laughs> yeah, that was the other thing. She was the only chili who could fly, and we found that incredibly useful. <laughs> yeah. They won all the, all the competitions. Regionals, you betcha. They had them on luck. Regionals, um, semi-regionals, qualifying uh, quarterfinals, you name it. Mm, regional nationals, you know, it's just around the corner. Um, so... Yeah, does Miles have any more plots after this? I know he's taking care of Hunter and like putting in appearances. He was about to go off to Vanderbilt College, which the Degrassi wiki, the Degrassi wiki tells me is where Declan and to- and uh, Fiona went very briefly. Oh, is that true? What is it in New York? Can't be. He's just ready to go there. No, I think they must have been private school students in Canada before they went to Degrassi, right? Huh, I don't know. I don't remember the exact terms, but I thought they went straight from a... Oh, no, it's in New York. I've just looked it up on oh, the Degrassi Wiki. Yeah. Oh, so so uh, he was going to go to New York. Cool. Yeah. That, well, I guess it's a boarding school, and he says he just comes back for, like, summer and stuff, so... Yeah, that's true. If it was in Toronto, he wouldn't have an issue with commuting in every day, would he? Probably not. Mm. So that was the New York school that they were going to go to, that they were, that the coins were at. Oh, it's, it's good to be at rich people's school. Maybe maybe a, a Bobby-like figure will push Miles down the stairs if he went there. He actually got saved. Yes, Bobby still roams the hallways. They say you can still hear Fiona tumbling down the stairs. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's like, I've been held back a year. I keep pushing people down the stairs. <laughs> they say you... <laughs> I don't know why he's a street tough in my interpretation, <laughs> but yeah, Miles really dodged a bullet. So thank you, Hunter, for keeping it all together. Thanks, Hunter. Um, we are now, I guess, I guess those are the plots then. Yeah, Miles, Miles only has like a brief interaction with Zoe again to tell her don't be into labels. And she goes, I'll misinterpret that and use it to my advantage. Um, does that seem as good a time as any to say you <laughs> I guess let's do it if we have to. Alright, so we've been edging around talking about Frankie because neither of us feel particularly qualified to talk about um Black Lives Matter or white well, we're probably qualified to talk about white privilege. I mean uh I guess but, but like it's hard like it's not like either of us are particularly obvious um uh beneficiary what beneficiaries yeah in the same way that like if we were super rich white people it'd be hard for us to say well i don't know what this is about whereas like from the inside as just regular people like us uh it's harder to talk about white privilege i feel because i couldn't necessarily someone looking at me might be able to say oh this and this and this but i don't feel like i can really talk about like oh yes these are all the things i've gained specifically because of yeah but i think that's why white privilege is so like um insidious right like we don't know all the benefits we've had because there's the norm for us whereas we don't notice like like imagine you know all the times we used to drink in parks and stuff yeah and imagine if we were like two black kids doing that we might have we probably would have suffered a lot more dire consequences for drinking underage in public and singing loudly very likely it's true yeah oh yeah that's the other thing this is the other reason it's so difficult to talk about is because it's so easy to say something that can be uh interpreted in a way you didn't intend so i'm not saying that white privilege doesn't exist it absolutely totally does and i i know i'm sure i've definitely benefited from it in many ways all i'm saying is it's hard for me to discuss on like a analytical yeah, level yeah, yeah. yeah 
So this is in this is uh this is what Frankie's problem is. But also my main thing. Okay, so Frankie's on the volleyball team with Alola and Shay and Goldie. And I'm not missing anyone out, am I? No, no one with names. Ah, uh, unnamed extra. My fa- you know, I forget about Zoe and Esme. My favorite ship is unnamed extra one and um Baz. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if they had like the unnamed characters who just reappear in the background of stuff all the time, have their own little stories in the background play out? Actually, I swear to God, I saw two girls in the hallway and like the opening shot of a Degrassi holding hands and swinging them, and I was like, "What's their story?" Ship, <laughs> ship, ship. They walked away. OTP, indeed. Yeah, a close. There's a close second is Zoe and Esme because God damn it, I want to see more of that. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, so now, yeah, the guys, they're playing volleyball and, uh, and they are up against a team called Northern Tech, who everybody calls the zoo, the zoo, which, you know, and, and also we find out that they're probably, um, a team comprised of women of color very early on because, uh, Lola says something about how they're all, they're all, I've heard that that there's a drug cartel being run out of that school. And then she looks at Shay and goes, no offense. Yeah, she says they they all look like criminals, no offense. And Shay's like, why would I be offended? So this is, that's a weird thing because um, Frankie is unaware that their reputation is because they're black. Lola seems extremely aware that it's because they're black and just doesn't mm. say anything to anyone about it. Except in yeah. vague references as if like, we all know that we hate them because they're black, right? Am I misreading <laughs> oh, this? Yeah, and um, Shay, well, Shay's also like a wealthy black person as opposed to uh, the, um, I'm going to say like probably all the people from the zoo come from like really low income area of Toronto. Yeah, I think they suggest that they come from an, from a, a more deprived area. But then, I mean, uh, not that Shay is, is benefiting from any kind of white privilege in any way. I mean, she's still black, but she she's also unaware. This is one thing that I found really weird about the construction of the story. Like I get that they had to make all these like narrative leaps to come up with the whole um the racism what... thing. Yeah. So I and, and this is a way I guess that it would be the most believable instead of like one of them being like, I didn't know it was a racial slur, you know? Yeah, exactly. This... They couldn't have had like Frankie scribble the N word on a piece of paper and be like, What? is that bad? I didn't know. Yeah. Exactly. And like or like or like Frankie's like, I just love to rap and she's rapping along to a song on the radio and says all the racial slurs in it and everyone's like, No, Frankie, no, and it accidentally gets like filmed. Yes. But um so yeah, this uh the, the main thing so they get in a prank war with Northern Tech. Um because Northern Tech do the classic steal all your clothes and set off the fire alarm and Frankie gets gets the worst end of it because she gets a towel stuck in the doors and it falls off and the whole school sees her bum. Yes, and probably more, um, although they only mention the bum specifically. Uh which is yeah. uh, washed like waved away really quickly. There's no trauma from it, no fallout, none of the students ever bring it up again. Her mind is suddenly on revenge. Seems like that would be a whole plot in itself. Uh, like, oh no, the whole school saw Frankie naked. How will she cope with this? Yeah, yeah, she didn't care actually, did she? She, she, yeah, she had a new project to focus on. I mean, if you think about it, you can probably make the leap and assume that's probably why she was so focused on the prank war. She was like, "This is my distraction." Yeah, and also that it is quite a bad, difficult thing. So she's like, wow, they did something really bad to me. I'm going to do something so bad to them, like paint a nasty sign. <laughs> yeah yeah okay so my other issue with this is okay so 
Frankie's idea of retaliation is they go through a few a few possible plans that involve like putting fish in air vents and Lola suggests sending them <laughs> envelopes of glitter. And Frank is like, is yes, like... love it. That's definitely <laughs> equivalent. It's cute and annoying. It's going to really piss them off. But she settles on painting a big ass banner that which depicts all of the um, Northern Tech girls as animals and. She decides a gorilla is the best way to depict the captain. Which Goldie says looks just like the captain. Yeah, Goldie is a mystery to me. And <laughs> for one thing, no one knew that painting black people as monkeys or gorillas or anything was racist. Like, no one knew that this was a racist thing. Yeah, it's like... the in I agree the intent was not racist they didn't because they seem to genuinely not know the connotation that is a little unbelievable that nobody's ever seen or heard this like great for them that they've lived in a bubble where that's never come up but it's pretty pretty well known uh slur like piece of yeah. racist imagery as shay's dad explains goes back a long way right back to like slavery uh, yes. and before i'm sure yeah used like to dehumanize um black people or african-americans or is it what you call Canadian? I was going to say Canadian right, Americans. That's definitely right. Yeah, that's what I was going to call them as well. But um, yeah, this this is just something I don't know. I've always, at least as far as I've been aware, like when I don't know when a kid, you, when you're a kid, and you become aware of like racism or whatever. But as far back as I can remember, I've known that the whole monkey thing is racist. Yeah, I mean, it gets brought up a lot in media, and I will. Again, this is um, maybe a cross-the-pond divide because over here we hear a lot about it, unfortunately, through uh, football, through soccer. Um, it's oh, quite, God, it's yes. quite a yeah. common uh, piece of imagery to be deployed against yes. black players. By what was, what was the... Um, some guy threw a bunch of banana peels at a black player, didn't he? Yeah, not, yeah a few years ago. That was, well, I mean, that, that sort of thing happens <clears throat> all too regularly. Like You do hear about it fairly often. Actually, this happens super regularly. This happened today, or I'll say last week because the illusion of podcasting is just mm -hmm. hilarious um this happened to leslie jones on twitter today got a like a, a it was like really vile it was horrible um all these guys because you know how ghostbusters has just inspired like this intense hatred from like these group of men who claim it's ruining their childhoods uh, but yeah sort of vaguely aware of it yeah <laughs> you're vaguely aware of it but like i'm not a part because... of it i swear Oh really? Okay. So um yeah, they they think like it's ruining their childhoods and they're like, it's not because they put women in it, it's because it's a bad movie, even though none of them have seen it. And they've really targeted Leslie Jones the most because, you know, she's black and that's the reason they're targeting her. And they've been sending her like pictures of monkeys and shit. And they sent her a picture of, I think they like I saw one, it was really disgusting. And it someone sent her a picture of you know the gorilla that got shot. For for like Miranda. the boy jumped in the thing, yeah. And someone sent her. So it was like a caption being like, "Hey, remember when you took a kid or something like that? Like, that? like really, really horrible." And uh, so she's Leslie Jones. I think has left Twitter now. She's decided because she was just getting this barrage of hate. Like it's horrible. And I think oh, I can't remember who the guy who instigated it is, but he's like this. I think he's a British journalist, and he's like super conservative but also gay and like oh. says he would vote for Trump. Do you know who I'm talking I about? I do, um, Milo Yiannopoulos. Yes, yeah. So he he started this. 
Oh. I don't know, and he start, and he got like a legion of these horrible guys behind him. To... Like he's a real piece of shit, but this seems very overt. Um, usually, yeah, this, this, that that sort of conservative tries to couch these things in uh, coded terms. That's yeah, no, crazy. He he went in and um and he got like his this legion of followers to like I don't know what it's like super like old school like really really like pre Jim Crow like disgusting overt racism though i guess not that not that any is any better than anything right i mean all the shit that's happening today is disgusting and vile as well yeah that's this is let's uh, i don't know this is see this is our white privilege right i'm like i didn't think people still did that monkey thing but apparently yeah well i mean that's a good go-to kind of what you bring up with shane not understanding it either but i guess you're right she's she's um her family are very well so maybe she's lived in a slightly more sheltered environment possibly mm. But then her dad kind of explains it to her and um, I was thinking like it seems unbelievable almost that she hasn't had to confront this truth before. But if she hasn't, when do you when do you teach your kid about something like this? Like bad enough anyone teaching anyone like any kid about difficult things like this. But as a like a black parent teaching your kid about like, oh, by the way, this is the sort of abuse you need to know about now because you'll almost certainly face it on a regular basis oh, oh yeah like 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 interactions with the police as well i think is is something they have yeah. to explain like but, like because it's different when do you decide to puncture your kids like bubble like that when do you tell them how shitty the world's gonna treat them i don't know and that and there we go that's our white privilege that's something we don't have to worry about which is terribly well you do i mean you still teach your white kids about racism too but you know, oh I... no i mean i mean we don't have to yes yeah we but like we don't have to be like and if you run into the police you do this and this it's you know a different story yeah. um i thought it was really in but then like you know you were saying like um she seems to know some stuff because like at the end of episode one she talks to frankie about how it's different for frankie when they're competing for the the captaincy or whatever and they become co-captains but she's talking about how like she didn't want to do the prank because you know, we have to, it's different for her. Like she has to do this route and get a scholarship to go to a good university. So she has to do the sports route yeah. and get into a university that way. Cause it's also expensive. Um, and Frankie's like, it's, you know, same here. And she's like, no, it's not like, you'll be fine. You can go to any university you want. You don't have to, you don't have to play by the rules necessarily. Yeah. Like um, Frankie's going to bounce back. Like she, yeah. no matter what happens, she'll be okay. Generally. Yeah. yeah. And then also, um, but then she says, like, it's different for you. And then she, Frankie's like, why? And I thought she was going to say, because I'm black. But she said, because you're rich. Yeah, interesting that it becomes a class issue before it comes out. Yeah. But then, uh, and then I thought it was... The facts are out there when they're having this conversation, though. I don't think everyone knows everything about... No, well, I don't think... Um... Shane knows what the banner is about either yet. Like, yeah, she, she hasn't seen it. She hasn't seen what the prank is. She only knows there's been a prank. And also, once she's seen the banner, then she know you know needs to like she doesn't yeah, she doesn't see the... yeah exactly yeah. Whereas none of that's happened quite yet. So yeah, interesting. I've got a good I've got a good clip here as well. This is I guess another thing where where Shane's sort of becoming more aware of. Um, the kind of shit she has to face in the world, but it's it, she talks to the Northern Tech captain. Well, I thought this was a really good scene about, um, I guess, assumptions that are made when people see you immediately based on your race. We want the people who are actually responsible to own up. So unless you're hiding them in another room, come on, it was just a joke. 
Oh, well, in that case, all is forgiven. Seriously? Is it just a joke when people ask how many baby daddies I have? Is it just a joke when people assume I can't swim or ask if they can touch my hair? It's no excuse. I know. And all that stuff is awful. It, it just wasn't meant to be racist. So what? It was. You should be just as offended more. Your team drew the pictures. Whoever drew that, they didn't mean any harm. But it still hurt. Because we live... Oh. Well, I guess that's all it wants to play. Oh, what oh, does it? I don't know. But uh, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. And then also Shay goes, I know about all the stuff like... um hair touching and the and the nose not being able to swim stereotype yeah i mean uh, i don't uh, we don't know that much about shay it would be um probably wrong of us to assume that the character is supposed to have magically never experienced any sort of abuse at all yeah uh, it just seems to have not come across this specific stereotype well there's one bit i thought well there, uh, there was one bit i thought was interesting was when they're at the protest you know, walking around being like, zero tolerance, no thanks, or whatever their chant was. <laughs> Probably something better than that. But um, when the police comes and he's talking to Lola and then when Shay steps in about, because remember the police says to Shay, he's like, you should put a muzzle on this one. And then she says something and then the police guy suddenly like rises up and starts like really aggressively talking to Shay. There's the difference in the way he interacts with both of them. So... And Shay and doesn't seem like, whoa, what a change. I'm so phased by this. You know, she doesn't seem phased by it at all. It seems like it might be a reality for her. But yeah, like you said, we don't know like her life, like everything up until now. We do, we've only seen her home life in the one episode last season where she's debating going out with Tiny, um, but then decides not to ultimately because she wants to focus on studies. Even though it's very heartbreaking, and I felt very sad watching that episode. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, true. I mean, we discussed this a little before the podcast how this, um, as we, as I was saying about uh, the other plot earlier, how they kind of take a really topical real life issue and uh, sort of force it into the microcosm, this like representation of the full world shoved into one high school. Um, yes. It's difficult this storyline because it's it is about a, a real protest with very like real reasoning behind it, like a very serious, very important thing. Um, and which is not to say these concerns are not, but to to paint them in the same way is a uh, it's difficult. I don't know whether it necessarily works for me in terms of making Frankie the face of it in the same way that like institutes like the like institutions like the police are responsible in real life because it's very yeah. it's very different for like. It's the same way, like, the, the All Lives Matter thing, how people, like, try and twist that to be like, well, if if we can't judge all black people by one action, how can you judge all cops by one cop's action? But the difference is, like, the cop, like the police force is an institutional thing with a hierarchy and a structure and a code and a way of working, and it is a homogenous thing, because you might be mm. an individual within it, but you're still uh, working within it, and you know what it is when you join Whereas it's not the same to like be a black person. You don't have to follow a rule of being a black person. And you don't get given a code of being a black person. Uh, and that's and so in the same way, it's like Frankie. I don't think can really in the same way be a stand-in for the real life thing because she is just a kid who fucked up and then dug herself into a hole. Uh, so it's difficult 
In the same way, they, they Tiny says to Lola that he doesn't want to be the face of this protest because he doesn't want to be painted as like the symbol of this whole thing, which is bigger. As at the time, it's the protest of the side of the garden. It spiraled from this one thing into something much, much larger. It's not mm -hmm. really about the banner anymore at this point. And it's not really just about Tiny. It's about institutional racism. But they're still using Tiny as the face of the good and Frankie as the face of the evil in a way. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Because yeah. we see one poster of uh, Frankie that says just white privilege underneath. Yeah, with her name scribbled on it. It says Frankie Hollingsworth under her picture as if they're trying to like name her, like as if a call yeah. for yeah. vigilante justice against her kind of, which you do see in uh, in certain situations. Uh it's I mean it's so difficult. This is why I, I said I was scared to talk about it because it's hard to it's hard to um to process everything in a way that is acceptable to me or to anyone else. I don't know what to think and say about it exactly. I feel a lot of very different things about this uh storyline. Well see, I get what they're doing with Frankie, because she does frequently bulldoze over anything that Northern Tech have to say. You know, and she and she um I guess she doesn't represent all of white privilege, but she's representative of the problems with white privilege and how, you know, when, when you say to someone like that's racist or you're being racist, they're very, very quick to be like, no, I'm not. And tell you exactly how much they're not being like, like it becomes a very, like the lady doth protest too much situation because obviously no one wants to be called racist, but people who are doing racist shit are the ones that to like really have their hackles up immediately upon being called out on it. I think the difference with this scene is like, people didn't say to her, what you did was racist people were going you're right like the first thing that northern tech do is say we don't play racists instead of saying this banner is racist yeah exactly like everyone lashes out at each other which i totally understand because this is like oh my, yeah like my like we talked in the first season how i had similarities with miles uh especially when i was younger but like even now like this would be my natural reaction too when someone does something shitty i don't stop to think like Huh, this is a human being who's maybe learning and made a mistake. Maybe I should discuss it with them. I would totally like be aggressive towards them. But um like and, and in the same way it's not it's not Northern Tech's job to like see this girl who did something racist and to be like, huh, I should educate this human being. I should talk to yeah. them and, and teach them the right way. Because it's that totally not their responsibility and it's totally understandable and they're right and I fully support their their anger at it. Like it is uh, completely acceptable and completely right. But in the same way, like um, you're right. No one no one says to Frankie how what you've done is racist and like think about it. And like she is sort of attacked. Well, Shay is the, Shay is the only one that tries to say this is racist as opposed to your racist. Even Lola's like, ah, eh, you're racist, but whatever. Yeah. It's, um, it's you know, Shay's the one going like, that was racist, especially when she has the chat with the Northern Tech girl and then her dad about how the um, monkey comparisons are rooted in slavery and like dehumanizing black people. It's, uh, she starts off by saying that's racist, not your racist. She starts off by, and then Frankie immediately is still like, no, it's not. Yeah. And Shay, she's she, like, sorry, go on. Which is like, because cause Frankie believes like her intent wasn't to be racist, but to do, I don't know what her intent was. This isn't a good prank to begin with. Like, it's a banner. I don't understand. A banner hung it's in stupid. their own school, so they're not even being humiliated in front of anyone. They're just being no. shown their own nickname. 
Um, yeah, like I'm sure they know they're called the zoo. They don't like it. Well, yeah, they do know because she brings it up. She's like, no, I just I painted you as animals because you're called the zoo. That's your nickname. And then they point out they they teach her that they're called the zoo because of their them living in an economically like deprived area and it is an insult yeah. based on on who they are because they're expected to be like criminals and animals uh yeah. which is something that frank is not aware of and it is a good thing that she finds that out it's quite it's a good little like slap in the face to her to mm. teach her and you're right that she her her reaction i completely agree is shit like the way she responds to it and you actually bulldoze over people who are trying to who when they are trying to teach oh, us oh, that and talk to her and she uh, like there's that moment <laughs> there's that moment where she where she calls like the racism mixer or diversity mixer or whatever it's called and then the northern tech girl starts talking and she goes ah can you let me finish please and she's in the middle of her blood type spiel yeah and again like i get it because it's natural to be defensive when someone says that you are something that you you don't think you are like you say and i agree that the people who are most racist tend to um well, unless they're at the point of racism where they fully embrace and they love being racist, they tend to yeah. like be really harsh about it. But at the same time, if someone was to genuinely call you a racist, like I, I'm assuming I don't want to speak for you, but I don't think you consider yourself to be a racist. But no, no I don't. But like, if someone said it to you, um, you're right. The right thing to do is to kind of to learn from what you've done. <laughs> that makes like, you think. Oh. I think why? why? But yeah, my my reaction would would definitely be to deny. Like my my gut reaction, my immediate thing would be to be like, I'm not a racist. Uh, in a similar, possibly a similar way to Frank. I don't know. I, again, can't speak from experience. Haven't very been very fortunate not to have been uh, yeah. called a racist. But if I if I had, I'm sure. Like if someone calls me anything, but if someone calls me a liar. Like my instinct isn't like, huh? What made you think that I'm a liar? I'd be like, fuck you! I'm not a liar. Oh, yes. He don't rationally go. Hmm. Yes. Yes. yes I might have lied once or twice in my life, but I'll have to be more specific. <laughs> yes, but to call me a liar as general is a defining trait. No, no, sir. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, I like I sympathise with everyone. I agree with everyone in yeah. a weird way. Everyone is reacting in a very natural way for the situation that they've been placed in, and it's hard, like. I don't think I think Shay's dad is right when he says like yes this is a racist thing um but then he he said he doesn't necessarily call her racist like it comes from a place of ignorance someone might do this because they just they haven't had to yeah. deal with this they don't understand what it really means and I think, I think that's her dad's true. not um close enough to the situation to be like really emotionally agitated by it immediately though like like it's not a picture of of it I, it's weird because you look at the picture and it does look hella racist Oh, like, it yeah. really does yeah that's a, like uh, that i mean it's the, what we're saying about disbelieving that people don't know this if you were like huh let's let's get this person we're really insulted by drawing them as a monkey i might like i would probably think but wait a second that person's black that's i know i know that's not why you suggested it. i'm sure i know you well enough that's not why you suggested it but yeah um maybe let's like we know what the connotations are maybe let's sidestep that whole i can't believe like goldie goldie and lola went along with this because like lola is not smart she's pretty thick but um <laughs> her, her ass is as thick as her mind <laughs> but but uh she's dating tiny who is also a black person and like she... and i get why Shay didn't step in because she doesn't know she didn't know that that was the plan she just knew they wanted to prank them yes and she wants nothing to do with it anyway so she's not involved on any step of it 
Um, yeah. Lola seems very aware that their bad reputation is because they're black, but doesn't yeah. make the connection. Um, Goldie. Or does, but doesn't think that it's bad. Yeah, definitely. Um, and Goldie uh, signs off on it, approves the picture, compliments it on how much it looks like the captain. Um, but And then does a complete U-turn and... And it is then like, Frankie, you don't understand. Being white, this is very <laughs> difficult. <laughs> yeah. You were the, you were like second in command on this entire prank thing. I know. Goldie seems woke as fuck, but like in this, in this thing, I don't know what she is. I don't know if she's like high on paint fumes or something. And then she, she just they goes wear along off with it. By the time they're sat on that bench, yeah. and, and she's like, <laughs> she, <laughs> she was in a fugue state while they were painting the banner. She's very sensitive to paint fumes. Yeah, but, when... but yeah, she, she's. What were you saying? I was saying, like, when um when Goldie is, like, saying it, because I, obviously I knew people had talked about this storyline going up, so I knew whatever they were doing yeah. was going to be racist, um, because I knew that was the whole thing about the volleyball team and Frankie being yeah. racist. So when Goldie was, um when Goldie signs off and everything, I thought it was going to be part of a plot for her as well about, like, um about horizontal oppression, about how Goldie... Oh, like, maybe she'd have to be, like, kicked off as head of feminist club because she took part in something racist yeah i thought there was going to be a situation they were going to talk about this um they were going to get very like nuanced about this idea of like goldie being from uh from like several oppressed roles so she you know she understands being oppressed and then to like but also be in a position where she oppresses another oppressed group which uh, is very common. We sort of talked about it in the past of like um, racism within LGBTQ communities and stuff like that, about how oppressed groups oppress others. Oh, that's like in the LGBTQ though as well. There's also like, you know, a lot of uh, biphobia. We talked about this with Tristan, I think as well, because, because, uh, you know, bisexual people get, get sort of disregarded by straight communities because a lot of straight people think they're just like, a one-way stop to you know which whichever sexuality they're picking or it's just a phase or whatever and um a lot of gay and lesbian people think it's them like fooling themselves until they they finally pick an identity or they call it they go you're just being greedy which you know is shitty um i had someone say that to me once actually i <laughs> i saw an old school friend in um revenge and he went oh you're not one of those are you you're just that's just greedy oh it's so funny Mm. um but yeah i think i thought they were i thought i agree with you i think maybe they were going to use goldie's involvement to maybe start talking about intersectional feminism you know as like a springboard yeah but they don't i mean you've seen all 10 so you saying that obviously they don't further on in this season maybe in the next season oh yeah brought up who knows I'm uh, sure they'll tackle intersectional feminism eventually. They've already sort of tackled feminism and consent. But it, it just um, seems strange they would do this thing with Goldie where she's so on board and then she she's suddenly back to... So, like, it's much more in character for her to be against the prank, but I guess they couldn't find an excuse for her to also not be part of it if she's going to be part of the volleyball team, so... Well, I think also you would have, if Goldie was part of the volleyball team and hadn't been with the prank she would have definitely voiced why she thought this was a bad idea because she was into the prank wasn't she she was she was into the prank but but if she was staying true (laughs) or if she hadn't inhaled all those paint fumes she would have been like this is the reason this is racist it's rooted in slavery you know 
she would because then uh, what her example is for stereotypes because they I think what well, this happens when there's when Shay is talking with them about how she met with the northern tech woman and woman uh, <laughs> she's a grown woman she's a, a, a teenage girl she meets with her and they talk about you know stereotypes and judgments they have to deal with throughout their lives um and Goldie's like yeah I get people asking me all the time if I have an arranged marriage in the works and then Lola so she says, gets oh, it do you God is like <laughs> my point's proven. Yeah, it's a it's a interesting one. I mean, it, maybe this is de- they've deliberately complicated in that way because it is such a an issue with so many nuances and so many edges to it. But mm. uh, yeah, confusing. And I uh, hope and pray I haven't fucked up talking about it because it's so difficult. And I know, <laughs> I know, I'm not qualified. We talked about this before we started the recording about how worried i was about doing it because i know i'm in no position to really talk about this on any level i i can't mm. actually speak on it i can only talk about uh, my feelings on it sort of and even them i don't feel like i'm particularly good at articulating it's a difficult one uh which is why i kind of the way i like the next class specials because we get to talk really freely. We talk more seriously in these than we do on the the other ones. I know that much. That's though, I think, because the themes are fresher and more relevant. You know, like the the other ones, the other ones are like I don't know. They they deal with. I think the one we were the most serious on was probably when Paige was like sexually assaulted by Dean, right? And even then, we were flippant for a lot of the episode because you had fucking. Toby and JC sharing a locker and Liberty being a mad woman. True. Uh, yeah, I know he did have a little fun with the Liberty thing, but I, I believe we tried to brush past a lot of that to get to the meat of the of the episode and uh, to be as respectful as possible, really, because it was a very yeah. well-handled, serious thing. But yeah, I, I, I do like what they... And it's a good way to start the avenue into talking about like white privilege and like Frankie is kind of a stand-in for this like All Lives Matter thing, because basically... Because she basically does say, near enough says, all lives matter when she takes them in for her diversity makes her to talk about the blood types, right? Yes, exactly. She does like the, we're all the same, really. Uh, and as it rightly pointed out, like, would that it were, but they don't, they haven't all lived the same experience and they will. Yeah. So. Um, so let's get to the reunion. I think we, I think we've talked about everybody. I feel like we're missing someone. It's probably Winston, isn't it? Probably Winston. But he was in. He he only does the Zoe stuff anyway. So yeah, the less we talk about in the bed, I still can't believe he's oh, in this Maya. show. We haven't know? we haven't really talked about Maya, have we? Oh shit! Yeah, and I guess we can talk about Peter if we talk about Maya. So, <laughs> which is a perfect way to segue into the reunion, I guess, because we'll get onto the old and the new. Oh yeah, we'll get into the reunion after that. So Maya, Maya is. Um, Currently, she's hung up on Zig. Oh, and I guess we need to talk about Zig as well, don't we? But we can talk about the two of them in this because that's kind of Maya's plot. Apart from the fact that she is on a co-op internship, whatever you want to call it, with Peter, she is uh, reeling from her and Zig's breakup, I suppose. Um, yeah, he, they haven't seen each other all winter break, but... I don't know what is it. She 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 signs up for Peter's thing and gets all flustered because she's printing off her CV to give to him, and she sees Zig and Esme standing by a printer, canoodling or flirting. She wants to be thrown around the room by him like a sack of potatoes. (laughs) The sexiest thing for a sack to be filled with. 
I like beautiful that. sack. <laughs> a sack with two beautiful potatoes perching on top. <laughs> Maybe the sack's made out of made out of pastel coloured wool. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they're having a flirt which doesn't really come oh, back. God. Maybe in oh, the back life, who knows? Yeah, yeah, she's a really good flirt, isn't she? <laughs> isn't she? Uh, she's oh, seen she's... his guns. She's oh. like, oh, I know what you can do with those arms on show. Pick me up like a sack <laughs> of potatoes. <laughs> she's got two great flirting techniques. She leans in and whispers to you and tells you her tits are beautiful. <laughs> she <laughs> says, pick me up and throw me around. She's a bit of a manny, actually, in that respect. Her, her flirting techniques, the leaning in close, <laughs> pushing someone against the locker. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I'm not wearing any. Talking about. <laughs> Can you see my big grey jumper? No, because I'm not wearing one. <laughs> Can you see the outline of a bra through this woolly jumper <laughs> with an incredibly high neck? Good, because I'm not wearing one. <laughs> I like to let my beautiful tits bounce in the breeze. Well, wherever they go, and they're not being stifled beneath layers of wool. Hey, hey, hey. Hachi Kachi. I love Esme. I think she's great. She reminds me of Blair Waldorf from Gossip Girl, who was my favourite Gossip Girl. Yes, haven't seen it, but I agree. Okay. Um, Is that Blake Lively from The Shallows? No, it was not Blake Lively from The Shallows. It was Leighton Meester from um, Life Partners. Entourage? Yeah, she played the Britney Spears stand-in in the early seasons. He oh, Vince shit. fucked. He took her virginity in a hot tub, or she wanted him to, and maybe he didn't. No, I... didn't she just she just gave him a blowjob? I think. Oh, that's right. And yeah, that's right. Correct. And that is weird that I remember that because I hate Entourage. But <laughs> I, I watched it when I was like thirteen or something. Um, so let's see. We have um, yes. I'm getting distracted by the sack of potatoes. See, her flirting is just too good. I'm all more hot and bothered. You, you're like Zoe. You just can't stop thinking about her sack. I of can't potatoes. stop it. I'm, I'm just like, oh, pick me up and throw me around like a sack of potatoes. You know? <laughs> what to Esme or to Zig? <laughs> Both, I don't know. <laughs> One of you get my legs. One of you get my arms. And just swing me around like a sack <laughs> of potatoes. Swing me backwards and forwards. It's a sex swing, but made of people. <laughs> you know, they're the opposite. Uh, dressed, dress wise, Esme covers literally everything, and Zig shows off everything. Yeah, he wore some sleeves throughout this first five. Yeah, interesting choice. But a very he's, low he's V to a... compensate. That's true. We saw some pecs, but not the shoulders. Um, I think it's because he's in mourning for the loss of his relationship. You know, it's like when you fly a flag at half mast, he can only show half the guns yeah. when he's mourning something. He wanted to wear a black armband, but he kept slipping off his greased biceps, so he just wore cat sleeves instead. <laughs> cat sleeves, like a woman's flowers. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> See, Maya's all flustered because she can't handle the jealousy. And she runs up and she takes the CV, but oh, it's not hers, it's Zig's. It's Zig's CV. And she runs to Peter Stone, the hot new music producer who works at a studio downtown in Toronto. He's so cool. Yeah, he's got a bit of a beard and a leather jacket now. And all is forgiven. Peter, well done on making well, the thing is, yourself. 
from what I remember him looking like in Next Generation, he looks damn good now. Yeah, he really came in. In fact, I mean, everyone who reappears in the reunion pretty much has aged very well. Uh, oh, that's true. I mean, Emma looks great. Yeah, Emma and Liberty both. Um, oh, Liberty looks great. Yeah, the, for like the kids with the with the most awkward phases coming into the show, like they've um, they've really come into themselves now. So congratulations on becoming part of the beautiful people's club, you guys. <laughs> they did though, didn't they? Like towards the end, like when they're in college. I've seen the one episode of the college years of Degrassi when Liberty joins a sorority or tries to and has to streak and also they kick her out because oh no they they accept her but they only accept her because she's black and she goes I can't be here and leaves so yeah Peter but, Peter Stone aka uh, son of Hotsalakas wait what? yeah his mum is, is Miss Hotsalakas no that's how he became so well, hot he, f- he grew into her genes Oh, see, yeah, I bet Miss Hotsauce was an awkward teenager because she loves science so much right now. Yep. <laughs> she's, she's such a nerd teacher. at school. And then she let her hair I liked... down. <laughs> Take off that white lab coat, Miss Hotsauce. So, where are Oh, yeah, Maya, um, uh, she's flustered and Peter's like, huh, I wish I could tell you it gets better, but I basically embarrassed myself in front of an ex-girlfriend last week. Uh, oh, I'm yeah. hoping is Manny. Uh, I'm hoping is a reference to her. I think they went out. <laughs> I may be mistaken. Um, well, he saw her tits, so maybe he's counting that as a as a win. Maybe oh, that's totally was, um Maybe it was Nina Dobrev. Yes, maybe. Uh, or maybe it was Emma because they definitely went out, and she's still around, although she's married. She is married, but it could still be awkward. You know, he, maybe he thinks she's the one that got away. I don't know. Well, she does. Um, she, maybe it is Trouble in Paradise because they talk about having Sunday dinner, but they don't have any scenes together. Emma and Spinner. <laughs> That's true, but he, uh, yeah. Well, let's see where. Um... Oh yeah, now this is when Maya makes a big mistake and starts thinking that Peter's really chill and will understand and forgive all her relationship drama. So he gives her a little um, what do you call it? USB drive, which. Who uses, who uses them anymore? Just send her a Dropbox or an iCloud file. He's yeah. an old man. <laughs> USBs are a thing of the past, man. They're a sign of the times, even on Next Class. Um, so he gives it to her and he says, make this good. I want to see what you can do in the studio. And she says, With yeah. Pro Tools? Well, use them to mix this and impress me. <laughs> I love Pro Tools, uh, says Maya. And, um, it and seeing how much it will cost her <laughs> to get a copy of Pro Tools. Or just a free, a month's free demo. Yeah. Pro Tools light. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. She, all, all she can add is like one beat. And she can't and he, save she it, so him. she just has to give her, him the laptop and be like, just press With play. Like a watermark, a watermark that goes, that goes over it going like, Buy hot buy pro tools after your thirty day trial is up halfway through. Um but more Microsoft Sam than that. So she um Oh and he he brings up the love song she wrote about Zig, which I can't remember which one it could be from uh the, the three songs we heard. What did we hear? We heard that one where it goes and we heard not okay. Oh he says yes is his favourite song. Uh, which I thought it was going to be a joke, like with the zits, where 
he's like, oh, I really like that one song of yours. And she immediately says, oh, yeah, not okay. Because it's really yeah. the only song that anyone remembers she did. Um, but then oh, he yeah. subverts it by saying, oh, no, I didn't mean that one after all. I meant the one that no one knows, the really good love song. Oh, no, that was about your ex, wasn't it? I said the wrong thing. <laughs> Peter's like perpetually embarrassed. <laughs> Seeing it's so weird. So he sends her off on her way, but now her head is reeling with thoughts of Zig and love songs and like, and and maybe the universe was sending her a sign, she says to Grace, because she took a CV. And Grace is just like, um, the universe doesn't give a shit about you. The universe definitely isn't trying to help you in any way. I did like that. I like that as well. But now I'm thinking ulterior motives behind all her actions. Um, so uh, Maya accidentally likes the Instagram that has Zig and Esme in it. Which has sent her into into jealousy, jealousy feelings because she heard that sack of potatoes talk. She knows Esme doesn't mess around, so now she's been sacking off her uh, Pro Tools duties, and uh, and oh, I've, I've, I keep rolling all over the place, and I'm <laughs> unplugging my phone. Are you doing this recording like you're a, like Clarissa explains it all or something, like twirling the phone cord on your front on your bed, <laughs> kicking your legs around? <laughs> Yeah, but like the modern version where I'm constantly unplugging and unplugging my iPhone because <laughs> I keep waving the headphones going around. <laughs> I am rolling around a lot. It's weird. <laughs> so, um, yeah, then what happens? Um, right, she's sacking off her Pro Tools duties and she um, uh, goes up to Grace. Grace. Oh, no, Grace is like, you need to focus on this. Stop thinking about Zig. And she's like, Peter's chill. He'll understand. He ran into his ex earlier. Yeah. He shared one common experience of having trouble with a, a love life thing. So he definitely will. He gets me. me. He gets it. He'll give me the job anyway. We're cool. We're friends. We're tight. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. So um, she makes this mistake. They go into class the next day. And this is where you thought he was like teaching them or something. Yeah. Because there's a bunch of them who don't, uh, can't all be going for the co-op. No, I think maybe they just have people come in to like interest them in doing co-ops maybe and they're giving speeches and shit and he's one of them. But he's already interviewed Maya, so he's like, Maya, have you got that song for me? Give me back my USB, please. I only have one. And she's like, <laughs> no, I didn't finish it. Give me some more time. I was too busy thinking about my ex. And he was like, oh, I'm not here to hear about your love life, lady. I'm here to listen to your music. Yeah, he's like, it's not my job to do you favors like i ask you yeah. to do a thing i should be able to rely on you to do this thing if you're the right person for the job so i just should have done it sorry give me that exactly <laughs> give me that usb i need it <laughs> and uh <laughs> he uh takes it evidently likes what he hears oh but also we get zig climbing up to maya's window and he knocks on her door uh the window i mean <laughs> <laughs> Like it's literally his long the window. arms reaches through the window, <laughs> knocks on the door, and says, "Surprise! I was at the window." <laughs> <laughs> um, he picks up a sack of potatoes and throws it at the door. <laughs> then, and she's like, um, "Wow! If he can throw a sack of potatoes like that, imagine what he can do to me." <laughs> me and my fun bags. Um, so he says that when he saw her like the Instagram, it was the best feeling ever. And then they kiss, um, and now they're going to talk about what their relationship is going to be. Oh, but also Maya finds out that she got the co-op with Peter. 
So she she immediately regrets the kiss and is like, mm, I can't do this. Like, oh no, I only wanted one or the other, and now I got this one. <laughs> oh. I can't have it all, I really can't. I can't and I don't want it all, I only want one thing. So um, the next day, Zig is all gallops and, and happy gates across the school playground, runs up to Maya and throws his arm around her and starts kissing her face. And then he he uh he is met with surprise by Tiny and Grace who are like, Oh, this is back to normal, huh? And um so now Maya is regretting this and she's like, Well, let's put a pin in this relationship stuff. We'll have a talk about it and then follows the date. Um this is the next episode, isn't it? This is cool. Yeah, what yeah, are the next Oh, what was that noise? <laughs> that was uh, the next episode by Dr. Dry. Uh, oh, this turned cool up. Reference. Oh, it was cool. Thanks. It was, that was that was turned up. Um, so... <laughs> or turn it up, I'm not sure. <laughs> Whichever one it was. Either turn up your impression, or let's... That was turned. So, um, yeah, now Zig has decided they're going to go on a date, and he's booked the fanciest restaurant he can think of. And he is there in a blazer a and a shirt. Oh, with a group on. Okay, I missed that. Cool. <laughs> he was so sharp there. With a group on. Yeah, this is one of the uh, the real life. Yeah, bands. why wasn't it called like why wasn't it called coupon? <laughs> yeah, they they don't even need to do a word by that. It's just called coupon. <laughs> I'm just realizing why it's called Groupon right now. <laughs> Uh, it's oh, I got a deal on Group Coupon app, and they <laughs> gave me restaurant time with girlfriend. Oh, they could call it like uh, they could do it like it exists in the same universe as Broad City, and call it. I got a deals, deals, deals. Oh, can't wait for that crossover. <laughs> so he is being stood up at the restaurant because Maya is too busy working on her geography project. Emoji. And so. It, yeah, emojis, all of them. No pizza, 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 fries, fries, fries this time. It's like a, a face bugging out its eyes going, whoa, geography. I am wacky about geography project. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he invites Tiny and Lola to come over. And we watch Lola devour a steak and throw feminism under the bus in the process. Yeah, she, yeah, and uh, they'd be like, oh my god, Maya didn't return your goodnight text while she was in another city, in another country. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you definitely had a right to cheat on her. You were, that's completely <laughs> her fault. <laughs> She's like, Maya loves feminism, that means equality. If she didn't text you, you can stick it anywhere you want. And then Zig's like, huh, you support my shitty behaviour un- unflinchingly. Yeah, yeah. You're a keeper, Tiny. You don't let this girl go. And then, like, yeah, maybe Zig, maybe Zig and Lola should date. Maybe. And then, uh, well, I mean, it's fine. He knows the rules now. She doesn't reply to his texts. He gets to cheat. So that's cool. Um, yeah. And then, but then Lola says to Tiny, "Yeah, that's right. I am a keeper. Just don't cheat on me." But I was. It's like, like foreshadowing. Yeah, but also, uh, I guess he has permission to cheat on her also given certain circumstances coming into play maybe the implication is lola would never be not near her phone true that's absolutely true she's an expert particularly uh when it comes to tiny on social media so he couldn't hide from her anyway 
She knows everything. <laughs> yeah, that's what's uh, when the scene cuts away, you hear a silent, like transitionary dialogue, and you can't hide from me, Tiny. <laughs> you can't. I saw that picture that, that you posted on Tuesday. There was a girl with a big butt far in the background. <laughs> I know you were there meeting with her. I know you were. I know you downloaded Brown Cloud. That's just felt. It's just all about butts. Not <laughs> anything that comes out of a butt. As soon, every time you hear a fart, you just think of a big, beautiful butt. I know you do. <laughs> yeah, I bet Lola would be the kind of girl who would like. She'd be like, "You can cheat on me if I don't say goodnight to you via text." But thinking is cheating. Yes, she's. Uh, this is what I mean. She's ditzy with. Uh, less than fully formed opinions on things, but lots of confidence yeah. to say them anyway. She's, which is so teenagery. She feels very like a real teenager to me. Just like you recognize Ellie in a lot of, I recognize Lola in a lot of people. Uh, so now Zig stomps up into <laughs> big giant Zig stomps into a tiny Maya's room. <laughs> <laughs> a sack of potatoes over each shoulder. <laughs> The sack of the sack of potatoes is the new dropship purse. This <laughs> is this is beautiful breasts. <laughs> I should get that. I want to get that scene up for you. I know they're beautiful, aren't they? I can't. I can't keep my eyes off them myself. <laughs> she walks cross-eyed towards Winston on the stage, staring down at her own chest. I was laughing my thigh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, they're gonna they're gonna have to have a, a an Esme toss contest to see who can throw <laughs> who can throw the first <laughs> like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> Oh, it's a shame. I almost want to ship um, Zig and Esme now instead of Esme and Zoe, just to find out uh, how far he, exactly he can throw her. But uh, I would uh, ship them as a three-way relationship. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, they're different motives for getting married to each other. Yes, exactly. Tax breaks, um, general physical labor, I can only imagine. Uh, Zoe still just wants to annoy Grace, knowing about her crush on Zig. Yes, Greg. yes, the ultimate annoyance. <laughs> She's like, you can't have him. He's in a three-way relationship with me and another girl who isn't you. You could have been in this three-way relationship. But we've all signed a Fifty Shades of Grey style contract with each other saying there will never be a fourth. <laughs> and you said you didn't like it anyway, so you can't do it again. <laughs> so kiss Esme's beautiful breast goodbye. <laughs> Can you hear the thunder? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna pull like the phone out of its cord again in a minute. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> so, <laughs> I just... oh, yes, um, right. So, giant zig stomps in like Godzilla <laughs> and rams his giant foot through Maya's geography project while telling her, "You made me cheat. It is your fault." <laughs> And then 
And then he keeps trying to pick it up and put it back together. <laughs> he's like his clumsy hands. He is like Hulk, isn't he? Like yeah. he's like the sympathetic brain inside this lumbering body. He just doesn't understand the damage he's causing. <laughs> he turns around and he knocks over like a bunch of ceramic figures with one sweep of his arm. <laughs> and he goes, Oh no, who put those there? <laughs> And then he turns around again, and and and, and uh, Maya's mum has come in, and she's like, "What's all this racket?" And he like knocks both crutches out of her hands, <laughs> topples down, and he's like, "No, Mrs. Matlin, where did you come from?" Zig, make you better, Mrs. Matlin. He <laughs> <laughs> grabs her legs, tries to get her to walk again. <laughs> <laughs> he's like mashing Maya's geography like whatever the fuck that's supposed to be like a diorama I don't know he's mashing it together and she's like you're making it worse and he's like I'm trying to fix her <laughs> Uh, but he doesn't, or he, well, he doesn't, but he does beautifully recreate it by next morning, so that's commitment. Yeah, he makes his own one, and and Maya has one that looks kind of hastily sellotaped together. So now she has two projects, which is quite good. Yeah, that is good, because then she'll get double the grade. Mm. But now Zig is like, is there ever a chance for us? And she says, maybe. <laughs> so... He's still on the hook, at least. That's something. She can always put Zig on the back burner if she ever wants to go back there. So now we're at, I guess we've come to the reunion. It is approaching the end. We are at the reunion. And um, what do we have here? Our fave Holly J is back. Queen of the school. This episode should have shared... (laughs) This episode should have shared a co-writing credit with J.R.R. Tolkien and been called Return of the Queen. Yes, and also should have shared story credit with us, because this is remarkably similar aspects of this to our Vegas storyline, where the former Degrassi bands form a supergroup. Um, oh, my oh my god! I mean, I'm not saying for sure that the Degrassi writers are stealing ideas from us, but they, this is the second season in a row now to have a plot that we've predicted almost completely. And uh, they mm. do mention podcasts in this episode, which I have to assume is a direct reference oh, to us. Yes. So uh, you know, I mean, just come you out have and to give us the to job. This podcast, yeah, yeah, we could write this show in our sleep. Um, so yeah, we get some old. Fa- we get Marco Page, uh, Craig, who sings a song, which Tristan appears to be coming all over the place for. Like he's like gasping and clutching his pearls, like oh. oh so beautiful. I wish it had been the song that he seduced Ashley and Manny with. Oh my god, yes, yeah. The one the one where it's like just always off key. Always. So we also have Mo, the most necessary and missed cast member. We get mentions of Manny and Terry. Manny apparently turned up to the uh, gala and sang a song about teen pregnancy, which was a major bummer. Oh, well, yeah, she's just writing what she knows, I guess. Mm. Yeah. And um, who else gets a mention? Terry. I can't remember what she gets a mention for. 
But apparently she's alive and well and out of that coma. <laughs> oh, good. I was hoping. I've been waiting all these years to find out. Fans have been waiting over 10 years <laughs> to find out Terry McGregor's fate. Um, I guess she's off doing modelling or something. I also don't remember what they said, but let's hope it yeah, was something good. Like, oh, um, Terry's just been in a string of abusive relationships in and out of comas throughout the last 10 years. <laughs> she's been, yeah, no, she got out of the coma yesterday. It was the, the same coma. <laughs> yes. Just not in time to RSVP for the gala, so she wasn't allowed to attend. Yeah, it's such a shame. Such a waste. So, um, who else do we have there? Uh, Spinner makes an appearance calling Snake Dad. Uh, yeah, that was cringy. I, I thought, even if you are, even if he's your father-in-law, don't call him Dad. Yeah, that. it's a weird tradition. I mean, people do do it, um, but it's weird. I don't like it. Mm, I don't like it either. Emma is back. Liberté girlfriend is back. She Get still she still hates authority. Her first thing that she does is join a <laughs> protest that she knows nothing about but fully agrees with. She laughs at authority. Ha ha. <laughs> She also, the, also the first thing she does is get down Liberté because she sits she right on the floor. Down. Yes. <laughs> so um, we, uh, we also have, well, we see Snake again. Love a bit of Snake. Yeah, finally Holly reappears. J. I like Holly J's thing. It's like she appears around corners to be like, oh, Tristan, what's going wrong with your garland now? <laughs> this would never have happened under the Sinclair presidency. <laughs> the Sinclair dynasty. Ah! <laughs> Oh yeah, same. There was no um, reappearance of um, of Heather. She does get a mention. Yeah, don't they Faith make some sort of reference her. to the dance, right? I think it's the Highland Sword Dance as well that Heather Sinclair is going to be performing at the gala. Because everyone loves God. it, the famous dance that goes through the Degrassi. Uh... <laughs> I feel like um, maybe on like the thousandth episode. We'll see what the dance could possibly be. I hope, I really hope they finally introduce um, Heather. Like, the time they decide that this is the very last episode, then we'll see Heather Sinclair. Yes, definitely. Um, and yeah, Paige, Paige and Spinner are back, they're good, they make a nice reference to the theme tune. Finally, someone makes a reference to the theme tune after like teasing mm. it with the whole school song thing and then pulling pulling it away. 13 years yes that well we've had um we've had references to the lyrics of the song in season three episodes but yeah yeah not enough for my liking i love it when people make reference why isn't everyone's cell phone ringtone the theme tune to the show that's whatever <laughs> the new one that goes <laughs> but i'd love it not if they were still good. like polyphonic ringtones even though they're set in 2016 now so it was like beep 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 I love polyphonic green tones. They're hilarious. Um so then yeah, we get to see some familiar faces. And uh this episode's been getting quite a lot of press. Apparently it's been trending on Facebook because it's a big reunion. A lot of people are tuning back in to watch it. Um It's so weird that it coincides with the culmination of another huge storyline though, and they're just kind of on the sidelines of that. Because it's not really like an episode about these old cast members. They just pop up no. very, very briefly, actually. It's not really that much of a reunion. And as I said, most of the characters don't even share scenes together. Well, it's kind of good, I guess, because it's like... Um, we don't... Ha it's not like when we're subjected to Joey and Caitlin and, and Snake's bullshit in the first few seasons of Next Generation, you know? 
it's not like they're taking time away from the kids true but now they i finally understand it. why they do that because i really wanted to see the old oh really back together yeah i would have loved it to see more of them but uh uh, you're right this it is was still the right kind of the same to. series though this is still kind of the same series kind it's of not like it's, how it's had two junior high changes. yeah but it's been going on every year since like it's not been it's not like the 80s thing and then suddenly they're all like 30 year old adults that are coming back no but it, i mean it has been a while since they've been on and it was cancelled and then rebooted since then so in the space of like five days though true <laughs> But still, like they they were like, oh, new thing, new song, new characters, new name. page. <laughs> yeah, thank God they didn't recast page. If they'd literally done a new page, I would have died, hun. Oh, hun, and she calls someone hun as well. It's perfect. Yeah. So, but we do get them giving advice to the older, like like uh, when Emma comes up, she's like. A protest. I love a protest. I went topless for a protest. And I was like, I love that idea. Can I go bottomless? I have a great bum. <laughs> Everyone's been telling me. Spinner and Paige make some nice references to old storylines for the fans. I love Oh, that. yeah. But they give Frankie some advice on how this isn't going to define her. Yeah. She'll be fine. Yeah, it's in the context of Spinner being like, I've done some really stupid stuff and I've I've gotten through it uh whatever it takes uh, oh yeah and then frankie goes do you think i can make it through and everybody turns to the camera <laughs> and slowly winks that's right and then the camera moves away and it turns out they've been staring at baz and he's just like what <laughs> <laughs> he's just like you all look like shit today um there's a yeah uh, uh bye See you later. I would like never. it if that was Baz's sole function was to walk in on scenes where people are like kissing or something, and he's waiting to insult them. Oh, that would be great. Uh, just, just great. It would really give purpose to a currently meaningless character. Absolutely meaningless. Um, so then we get, I guess we get the accumulation of events. We had the protest going on. Grace is uh also into it she loves a protest i uh, i see like a cool little friendship between her and lola forming i'm into it that's that's my new ship lola and grace lace <laughs> Ooh, that's got her <laughs> <laughs> one of my ships has beautiful breasts and the other one has a beautiful bum oh my goodness it's so Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's that's the ship for me. Um, <laughs> also, we haven't really talked about Lola on her own that much yet because she hasn't had so much of a storyline apart from the whole tiny thing, uh, yeah. which I guess we should sort well, of explain because we haven't really yet. <clears throat> right? Yeah. The 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 thing that sparks off this whole protest is that Lola and Tiny. Are dating, but Lola refuses to delete Tinder because it is her main source of food. Apparently, she uh, she convinces men to buy her pizza via this app, and they send it to her school. Yes, and the lovely bit of um, cuckold imagery from Zig, where he's like, "Hey, Tyler, oh, yeah. how, does, how does it? What is it like uh, to taste another man's pizza in your mouth?" Um, and switching he has such a violent reaction to this that he spits it out all over the floor like he's being sick yeah he spits it out as if he has just accidentally kissed cum out of lola's mouth basically yeah um <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no other way to no other way to say that. Sorry, I guess I could yeah, have said okay. semen, but I'm not sure that makes it any less uh, less weird for those of you who aren't into that. No, semen might have been a weirder choice, but um, yeah. So he he wants her to delete Tinder because they're together now. There's no reason she should have it, and she says no, it's mine, and I'm gonna keep it. She thinks it's like she tries to get Goldie to do a feminist protest with her because she thinks it could be a feminist issue. Like it's her choice to have this app. But everyone's pretty much against it. They're like, no, teen is a dating app, and it is weird that you still have that despite being in a relationship for, I think the last they heard was eight months. It seems to jump all over the map. Yeah, she asks Shay and Goldie yeah. um, about it, and they're like, oh, she says, oh, w would you ever delete something off your phone because a boyfriend asked you to do it? And they're like, no way, no man has a right to tell you to do that. And they're just like, right, so why should I delete Tinder? And they're like, oh, no, 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 that's completely different. That's a dating app. That's really disrespectful. You shouldn't have that on your phone anymore. Yeah. And then she's like, huh, maybe I should have only asked for relationship advice from people who've ever actually been in one. And does a mic drop mime. Yes. And yeah. then turns away to finish her stretching facing the other wall. Oh, that's a burn on them. Uh, yeah, so um, the what happens with this is one of the boys, Anton, uh, this is after, so Lola decides to break up with Tiny via text when she sat a foot away from him uh, because yes, it's easier. it's easier this way. Because her mum left, apparently. Is that something we knew? Has that happened in between seasons? Did that happen? Not that I know of, but apparently her parents are divorced. So, uh, yeah, so Anton, after they've broken up, she's back on Tinder and she meets with a boy called Anton, but then she doesn't really like him. Uh, this boy Anton comes mm -hmm. to the school, and he looks um, he looks just like Tiny. He's got a he has he hair. has a coloured mohawk, which is a look that not a lot of people are rocking really around these parts. But he comes bearing a pizza box. Yes, Ooh. and he um he hands it to to Lola, and she's like, "Oh, what are you doing here? I thought you weren't going to come. Have you had her, ever heard of delivery?" And uh, he says, it's not delivery, it's DiGiorno's. <laughs> um, and then for some reason, <laughs> he punt like Tiny, like squares up to him, is like, you should leave now. I guess, I guess he I don't really understand. They're why back he's, together now. They are, but I don't know why he's like so aggressive towards Anton. He hasn't really done anything wrong by, um, he just says, like, you Tinder girls are all the same. And Lola's like, what does that mean? <laughs> and then Tiny's just like, that's incredibly offensive to my lady. How dare you say such a thing? Uh, she but was only using you for food. And how dare you suggest that's a bad thing? That's what I imagine. All, the, all you Tinder girls are the same. They're all after one thing. Pizza. Like, like it seems to be Tinder, the dating app, has fallen by the wayside. And now it's full of girls who are hounding you to buy them food and deliver them to high, their high school. But yeah, now they and then Anton gives Lola the pizza, then turns around and punches Tiny, and uh, and then they get in a scuffle, and then who who turns up? Who 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 is the one that breaks up the fight? Some woman, and the uh, so I don't know who it is. Anton scurries away, and then Tiny is escorted to the principal's office, where he receives one week suspension because there is a zero tolerance policy on fighting. Yes, um, but as it turns out, zero tolerance doesn't mean zero tolerance, as Marco points out uh, from a podcast he listened to, whether specifically about the Degrassi rule or not, I, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> it's a Degrassi podcast um, run by Dave, maybe, uh, carrying on from his school radio days. Oh, he, um, 
yeah, so he says, like, white men are uh, far less likely, like, a certain amount less likely, incredibly high percentage less likely to be uh, punished under the rule. Yeah, zero tolerance policy doesn't punish white men as much as it punishes every other uh, minority. So, <clears throat> also, the reason Grace gets involved in the protest is because she has about Frankie getting suspended. She's like, well, f- well uh, no, she hears about Tiny getting suspended. She's like, well, Frankie Hollingsworth gets nothing thrown at her. She just gets kicked off the volleyball team. So that's the thing that's, uh, I think, why they're like, white privilege all over Frankie's posters. Because uh, that's the thing that directly relates to what's happening at the school at that time. Though, of course, not the issue at large. Or, or, the issue, or yes, the issue at large. I don't know. Huh. Um, but yeah, there's... Um, that's why she was on that white privilege poster. I'm just remembering now and connecting the dots. That's right. They were like, oh, so Frankie didn't get punished for this, but Tiny gets punished for this. wonder why that is. Um, although, I, yeah, you're right. I, I don't know that the situations are necessarily connected. I don't know if Frankie doesn't get punished for it because of this same thing. It's unclear. Snake also suggests that it's not the reason, but can you trust the authority in this situation even if they're proven to be a pretty nice guy like snake no you trust podcasts yes you trust like this online one. podcasts yes exactly uh, i'm still you know i find it unbelievable that it isn't a reference to us i have to assume it definitely definitely is <laughs> um, we're always talking so about statistics we... in degrassi oh we love them um so yeah, then the the podcast, not the podcast, the protest. Ugh, I'm tired. Um, starts. Everything comes to a head, and um, the police are called, and they are ratty ass rat bags to the children, and um, they're not allowed to protest on school property, but they find a way to disrupt the school. Um, they project. Um, like phrases i can't remember what the phrases said though oh it said um racism lives here stop silencing your students i think ah cool so they project that right at the moment that frankie is singing the degrassi song or which sav and peter won't perform with her yeah they don't want to be connected too hot for them too hot so yeah she's like no this is about me and runs away (laughs) i think she assumes the signs are a protest about her not a way to get everybody out and attentive but that's the thing it's Um, it's purely coincidence they go on her but as we've mentioned she's kind of the face of the issue um she's mm. the face of racism in toronto so it's just (laughs) very unfortunate timing does feel like a specific attack on her at that moment yeah, I can see why she would be like, no, it's about me, and run away. But also, it's not about her in the moment. So everybody comes outside, and Tristan invites them in, and is like, you know what, everybody should be allowed to speak on this stage. And Lola does a cute speech about, hey, she organized a protest. This is cool. And everybody decides to talk about zero tolerance. And, uh, mm, I really like the reunion episode. I really like seeing everybody again. I thought it was very cool. Yeah, me too. I really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, final thought. Uh, do you have any predicts for the rest of the season? Where do you think shit's going to go? The rest of the five. Well, Frankie leaves this uh, saying she's going to run away. So I'm guessing she's going to mm-hmm. do that for an episode or two. Uh, struggle and hopefully return. Uh, put on some short shorts and frown her way to another chapter of her life. Um, <laughs> Miles and Tristan 
gonna blow up can't last much as i would love miles to be happy tristan i guess whatever um it's (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah i don't see that working it hasn't worked before what's changed really like miles has worked on some of his issues um but you know are are they a couple like can it can it work i don't know grace and zig i'm guessing i'm gonna have a little moment uh, whether I want that to happen or not, I don't know, but I don't see why they would keep bringing it up if something wasn't going to happen. Um, I wonder if uh, what would be good if Zig and Maya decide to give it another chance and then Grace and Zig have a thing and then it's like, oh no, Grace, how could you? Zig can't stop cheating. <laughs> Grace is just like, no, it's okay, Zig. And he's like, oh no, I've been told this before. <laughs> magic words yeah um peter 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 pumpkin eater um <laughs> he's uh well i guess he eats grace then he's a pumpkin eater so he eats grace that's my prediction um <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> we'll have a zig throws esme too far and she crosses a border and can't get back home uh, <laughs> no <laughs> oh no i'm in buffalo and i don't have my passport on me. <laughs> Um, hmm. <laughs> what else might happen? Who else haven't I touched on yet in my predicts? Lola, Lola, Zoe, Winston. Lola struggles to balance uh, school and work life as her restaurant has a health inspector coming. That <laughs> 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 she needs to get ready for during the SATs, during the SAT. Oh, you know what? Watch that happen on season three. <laughs> <laughs> Bound to happen. Uh, you can have that one, guys, because I know you're going to take it anyway, so you have my permission. Um, I hope. I think season three will also see that our, um, <laughs> our restream episode <laughs> come to fruition. I've always been fucking I'm with you. fucking with you. No, I, I think they're going to do our grease stream sequence. Oh, yes. That would be amazing if they finally do. And uh, Grace will finally die. Um, and she'll come back. She'll also come back as a ghost and be like, "I told you I was fucking dying." <laughs> no one believed me. Um, what do you think is going to happen with Zoe and Winston? Uh, happily ever after. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, Zoe's going to get found out. What a out. twist! Uh, Zoe's going to get caught, um, Don John style, uh, browsing porn in the middle of the night when she thinks Winston's asleep. He's going to wander uh-huh. in and be like, "What the fuck is this? You you're looking at lesbian porn on your TV while I'm right in the other room? What is wrong with you?" Uh, you are nailing both Scarlett and Winston. <laughs> yeah, that was the perfect uh-huh. marriage of the two of their voices. Um, yeah, or, or he'll see her just like following girls around, like intensely staring at their beautiful breasts. He'll catch her and Esme having like an an angry kiss in a closet somewhere, and be like, "Oh, oh. no, what is this? And why do I like it so much?" And uh, Baz will um, uh, join feminist club. Oh wow, what a twist! Yeah, and I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't <laughs> checking for a Baz prediction. If you're going to predict Baz, you got to predict uh, VJIL and Hunter. Oh well, as always, my prediction for Yael remains: she will pull off her wig and reveal herself to be Maud. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, VJ, uh, hmm, VJ challenges um, Tristan for the presidency. Uh, he demands a, he demands he gets impeached for getting a blowjob in the presidential office. Oh. Um, mm, very relevant. Um, 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, Degrassi's Degrassi's already tackled all the issues of the two thousands. They just start doing doing retro issues from the nineties. That's right. Um, who else did? Who else do I have to do? Have I done everyone now? Hunter. Oh, Hunter. Um, Hunter gets a lobotomy and is <laughs> smothered by his do? by his friend, uh, who then escapes out the window. Oh, wow. So, should we grade this? Yes, let's. What do, what do you give the first five episodes of the season so far? I don't know if it deserves an A, but I'm giving them an A because I really enjoyed them. Mm, I wasn't as excited by these as I was the first five of, of season one, but that was because it was so yeah. fresh and new, coming straight off the back of early uh, next gen. Um, but I'm also giving an A. I really love it. As I say, there's like so complicated issues. I don't... The things I've talked about, I don't see as flaws. I think it's it's been really well written and it is complicated and very nuanced and it's hard to, um, you know, react to in all of the, yeah. a lot of these storylines. So I think it's been really well done. Very human, very, very difficult stuff. And just good of them to tackle it anyway, whether they fuck it up or not. The fact that they're trying to address these things, given complaints about Degrassi in the past by fans and yeah. cast members in terms of their treatment of uh, people of oh, colour. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Good that they're um, finally at least giving their black characters some storylines. That's something. Cool. Well, I'm absolutely knackered. This is a high octane discussion. I was quite the giggle box. <laughs> and then and then a sudden tonal snap, like whiplash to us, uh, struggling to discuss the incredibly serious issues. This is it. You, you go from uh, beautiful breasts to Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm.